I'm good, man. Happy happy uh, Memorial Day to everybody. Uh, the Carolina Panthers or the Carolina Hurricanes just put in a new goalie and the Rangers are up 3-0. Happy Memorial Day uh, to everybody. Uh, obviously, if you served if you served time, if you didn't, just go about your day. Obviously, live it to the fullest. Live your life to the fullest. But, uh, you know, just just have a th- have a thought today about about the the guys that we lost and the guys and gals that we lost and and just keep them in your thoughts but also don't spend the day moaning bemoaning about them because that's not the way that they would want you to spend your memorial day um i i'm good i have a question for you guys so i went to a barbecue yesterday what kind of shape do you have to be in to not get tired after 30 seconds in a bounce house i think like olympic runner shape that should be the test of like the ultimate stamina test. So there's like seven fitness tests. Yeah. Uh, that that gauge your level of fitness. I think I propose as of this moment, we had an eighth fitness test. And it's a mere 30 seconds of bounce house activity. Right. Dude, bounce houses are wild. That takes a <laughs> lot of energy. I don't know what it is, dude. Also, but, there's I, I love how they're shaped like upside upside down soup bowls, too. So Unless you're on the literal crest of it, you're either on the ground or almost breaking your femur in half. 100%. There's no in-between. Combine it with, yeah. combine it with adults and drinking alcohol, and you get in there, and then the kids – Some there's always one random kid in there. <laughs> They're like you're flying through the air, and you're like, oh, kid. Oh, no. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they enjoy fun with drunk adults? This one was a wet bounce house, though. Ooh, those so are was, always a nightmare. So it was dry, and then it came down to the slip and slide ramp at the bottom, and the opening was just large enough that if you could get a run, you could jump and clear the slide, hit the little trampoline part at the bottom, and land safely, more or less, air quotes, in the pool at the bottom. There's no safely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so before we, we push forward with this bounce house question, let me check in with EPE. How are you doing this evening? E? Uh, doing good, man. Doing great. Uh, finally got some space here. Uh, we can stretch out. It's funny that uh, Nick said that that uh, the goalie went in and they got scored on right away. The dude was getting off the bench like he was about to go in there and win the game for him. Throwing his helmet on, getting all excited, and he got scored on five seconds on him being on the ice. It's the least enviable position to ever be in. You know what I mean? You you never you didn't control the flow. Now the team is hot. You know what I mean? And you've been sitting on the bench like planning your dinner plans. <laughs> and now you have to- yeah, 
all all double cheeked up on Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I was I, just so we've 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 had this discussion before. What obviously the easiest position in sports, it's an ongoing room through a three debate between MLB long reliever and backup quarterback. <laughs> what is the worst position, like the worst backup position in sports? And I would submit that it has to be backup hockey goalie. Uh, you have to stay ready the whole there. game. And you have to wear those pads when you're right. on the bench. You can't just sit there and jock out. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You can't bench out. Well, I don't have a word for confidence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bench out with your wrench out, dude. <laughs> there you go. Bench out with your wrench out, bro. <laughs> there uh, I was on the bench. With my bench wrench. out with my wrench out. Double cheeked up on Caterade, and I had to go in and play a hockey game. <laughs> they scored right away. But boy, was I on it after. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You guys got one, but you're not going to get six more. Oh, boy. All right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, bounce house double cheeked up on Gatorade, benches and wrenches. Uh, as Nick said, um, happy Memorial Day to you and to your loved ones who served. Um, I just want to say to all of those who completed the Murph today, I apologize. I completely forgot. I was not one of those shitheads who who did the Murph today. My older brother texted me, and I was like, fuck! <laughs> I was like, it's fucking Memorial Day, and I didn't do it, so I owe it back. But uh, thank you to those who served. Uh, heartfelt condolences to those who lost loved ones while serving. Their sacrifice is, you know, was pretty much the reason why we're here right now, able to do all this. So with that being said, we'll not – get too sappy and we'll move on to um what the podcast entails today so this is episode 112 we have pop culture pick them that's five artists everyone loves but are garbage that is how the executive producer chose to word it so i'll read it verbatim we'll get into the ucl final review and boy do we have a bone to pick with eric no bone no bone then, to we'll, pick. then we'll look into the way too early ucl 2023 because, you know, who doesn't love a way too early uh, fucking podcast? Certainly not ESPN. <laughs> Certainly. No. Then it's not their bread and butter or anything. Then we'll get into the NBA Finals preview. Talk about some odds, some fun bets. We'll have Eric pose some bets to us, and we'll pick yes or no. Uh, he didn't know that until right now, so good luck, Eric. Then we'll get into the NHL Conference Finals, uh, you know, preview. Game seven right now is happening between the Rangers and Carolina. And to be honest, I think we're going to have this whole conversation as if the Rangers are going to win. <laughs> and, if, and if the Rangers things change, I agree. And if you. the Rangers don't win, then we owe you uh, Nick talks out of his ass on next, next week's podcast. I, I think uh, you can, I think we can say it's the Rangers. I just saw the goalie had pure fear in his eye when the, when the guy was coming <laughs> at him. He doesn't have that right twinkle. <laughs> there's, there's, there's fear behind what is, that. What is this, horse betting, Eric? Bet the Grays. He's got a twinkle. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what we'll get into on this podcast. And then, you know, Eric's segment exists. Still doesn't have a name. Maybe it debuts today. Who knows? Nick and I are sure we don't get briefed anything by the executive producer. 
We're just the talent, dude. We don't we don't we don't get to know the 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 sky daddy plans before the episode. <laughs> yeah, Nick, are you uh are you a betting man? I I tend to be, yeah. Okay, so I got I got a bet for you. Okay. So you can either take yes or no on this. Does Eric have a name for his segment? Well, here's the thing. Because he's listening, I would say once I say no, he's going to come up with some name. It's going to be awful, right? That can I can I take a prop bet? No, sure. he doesn't have a name. If yes, name will be awful. Okay. That the house will set that okay. at even even money. Okay. All right. I would like to take no. I would like to take a. I would like to take pizza money and put it on no. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna hedge no with if yes. The name is just atrocious. Awesome. That'll put you at even plus one hundred. If you chose no for the listeners at home, you just took a minus ten thousand bet, and you better hope he doesn't have a good name because you're fucked. Uh, for those of you who chose yes at home, uh, executive producer Eric would like to tell you he loves you up front. He probably doesn't because he's a shithead. But you just took plus 250. Um, and, you know, I had to hedge a little bit. As the house is running these bets and the amount of money my audacious listeners will put, I'm not willing to accept that kind of leverage. So I stopped at 250 because Eric's listening, and he's definitely going to be Googling this during this podcast. So if you don't hear him, if you don't hear him, I will let you know that is what Eric is doing. So with that being said, the order for today's pop culture pick'em is Nick, shout out the veteran, old Sir himself. Then we got Eric in the middle, <laughs> that chapped his ass, <laughs> and then me last. Uh, from here on out, Eric, instead of me just randomly picking an order, we're just gonna shift everything to the left. So if Nick is first, he'll be last. You'll be first. I'll be middle. And we'll Snake keep, draft style. We'll just keep that order from here on out. I just want to make sure everyone gets a fair number of firsts. So far, although I have gone back and looked at it, and my randomization in my head has kept a pretty good, a pretty good even count <laughs> of everything, which is, you know, I'm not saying I'm a robot. But... Yeah, we need we need the listeners to come up with stats on how. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's Jermaine's what's Jermaine's randomness efficiency? <laughs> so, with that being said, we'll go ahead and get into the pop culture pick'em. And I know I've said with that being said seventeen thousand times, but if you've listened to this podcast, that is a professional segue, and I'll hand it over to Eric. Um, so for today's pop culture pick'em, we're gonna do five artists that everyone loves but are garbage. Uh, this this is uh we're sticking to musicians, and as far as when I say everybody loves, um. You know, popular, you know, on the charts, on radio play, or just people or somebody that just people would like love, you know. So, um, you know, that's the pool of people we're picking from. Nick's got the one, number one pick, so we'll go ahead and pass it over to Nick so you can uh, get, this, uh, get this going. So Eric's, Eric's kind of showed his ass a little bit in pre-show. So now, <laughs> now I have a choice between what's moral and what's right. I have a pick that I want to be number one that's going to shock Eric. Or I can steal one of, two, one, of, one of two Eric's picks that he's already revealed to me. So because I'm a lo- because I'm a kind god Leonidas, I'm actually gonna go with one of one. My least favorite band that everybody seems to love is Nirvana. I they don't I don't like their music. There's much they don't do any genre well. They don't do anything well. 
the worst. They're like every. They're like every. They're like every moody. Every moody kids thing, and they're just they don't make good music. This is the worst take on this podcast ever, and I picked the Wild to win the NHL Stanley Cup this year. The 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 Tupac effect should be called the Cobain effect because their music oh. just got better because he died. Dude, the fact that you said it, the Moody Kid thing, and it's Eric's favorite band. Eric may be the moodiest person I ever know. I, and, listen. and I grew up with my older brother. <laughs> like, that is saying some first shit. Of all, Look, he's about to be so. First of all, let me not tell you to, why I'm not grumpy. No, no, fuck that. I'm grumpy as shit. But to, to not to take this too far, but anybody, all the music oh, your dad oh, yeah. loved. Here we go. It's B-U-T. All the music your dad loved died because of Kurt Cobain. He killed 80s hairband, glam rock, all that bullshit. He revolutionized the rock industry. Nirvana's the greatest band of all time. I don't want to hear it. I would say Pearl Jam killed it, but sure. We'll we'll go with your bad take. That How- Nirvana killed 80s. I think that I think the clock turning from 1989 to 1990 killed 80s hairbands, Eric. No, it was Kurt Cobain. It was Smells Like Teen Spirit. When that song came out, it changed everything. But we're not going to get into that. We'll move into my first pick. Um, I, thank you for not stealing it because I cannot stand this motherfucker, and I think he's absolutely trash. It's Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> like, if you listen to Machine Gun Kelly, you should Kurt Cobain yourself. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right, welcome back to the run of, of Room 303 continued to be canceled by the FCC. The timestamp you're looking for, ladies and gentlemen, is 1357. <laughs> First of all, like, can I just ask a, a, a cursory question and then we'll move it to my choice? Of both of us or just Eric? Yeah, both of you. Is, okay. is Machine Gun Kelly good enough to be on this list? I like, think everybody lied. I think I think because that the fact that everybody loves him. Who's everybody? I don't know. I don't know a single Machine Gun Kelly fan. Can any of you name a Machine Gun Kelly fan? Shay, I know he wants to be Machine Gun Kelly. Well, he just wants Shay. to be Machine Gun Kelly so he can bang Megan Fox. I'm sure. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is why anybody would want to be Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, I'm not really upset. No, nah, they drink each other's know. blood and shit. Like, I don't know, bro. Like, they, it just the do. whole they one, the whole that. like they're, went down the whole. They're out there, dude. They're out there as weirdos. All of Hollywood is weirdos. Leonardo DiCaprio sacrifices 24 year old models so he can stay young and popular. I don't disagree. Where's the problem? I think Hollywood's into some weird fucking shit, bro. That's right. why I don't fucking get caught up in who's dating who. And- I, I I even appreciate maybe Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly for being out there with their openness. Oh, you heard that sound, Nick? What's the last yeah. time we've done that on the podcast? It's good. I don't know. We've we've been very we've been very sober sallies on podcasts recently. It's because I don't have any because I don't have any beers in the house. I'm just I just got wine. But <laughs> you got a fuck ton of wine. Fuck ton of wine. You still getting those boxes in? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He just sent me a Snapchat of it. I was like, "Holy fuck!" I've seen the box before, and I've every time he sends it, I still say, "Holy fuck!" It's that much wine to me. They they got uh, angry at me because I can only order a box of wine a month. They won't let me order more (laughs) than a box of wine. Dude, so let me. So we moved this weekend, and 
on Sunday, I was just like, oh, I want to drink. So I got frustrated with the day. And then I came home and popped open a beer. I ain't even gonna lie, Nick. I had like two or three beers on an empty stomach. I was fucking Liddy McTitty, bro. <laughs> I had like four and a half, maybe five beers. And I was just housed. Just toasted. And today I've had, so I had breakfast, obviously, and I had a few mimosas with breakfast. Uh, as Memorial one does. Day, Memorial Because it's Memorial Day. Then I had ramen and I had some sake and a beer with that. And now I'm like on the fourth beer at home. <laughs> I feel perfectly I, fine. And you're good. Yeah. I would say Jermaine is buzz level like Nick is when he has about 18 beers. <laughs> Listen, All right. listen, there needs to be a couple shots in there, too, to get me actually buzzed. Yeah, well, you can't just have beer, bro. That's like water in the mix. I, 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 spent, I spent yesterday going. Uh, so senior executive producer in Nevada was in town this last weekend. Uh, and I spent time going to the grocery store and looking at the uh, packs of Coors Light and going, they really need to start getting 30 racks in here. <laughs> These 12 beers are not going to be enough for the Avs game. <laughs> uh, I do Honestly, I don't disagree. I have had a 30-rack of Coors Light all of May, though. Like, I, I had... Oh, just one 30-rack? I haven't had any of the beers. I bought it, put it in my fridge, and then never drank any of it. Oh, those and are going to be cold. Those mountains are just going to be crispy. That's why I asked you that when we when we were pack, unpacking all the stuff for the fridge, I just kept pulling cores out of the back. I was like, "Did you buy another fucking thirty pack?" Like, then I realized you hadn't drank any of the other ones. I was like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" Eric's legit when he's unpacking the the food and putting it in the fridge. He's like, "You buy more beer?" I was just like, "No, dude, I didn't even drink the first thirty. Like, why would I buy more beer?" I think he, what Eric said, he, Eric always says this. He's like, I'm just not used to beer being in the fridge this long. Shut up, Jason. How do you say that? How do you always say it? You always I'm just not used to beer it? making it more than four hours in the fridge, dude. <laughs> there you go. That's how, that's how Like, I've says. never met somebody who buys their beer for consumption in that day. He does not plan in the long game. It's like, that's why I don't I have buy beer it? in the fridge, Eric. Why do you think Jermaine and I are friends? Because we have to start every day with a beer trip because the beer's gone. Yeah, and I, if I, we and if we play, listen, dude. This is why we became such fast friends in Diego Garcia is because we would we can only buy the quantity of beer we're going to drink. If we buy that quantity of beer, it gets drank. It, if we just, buy four racks, they get drank. Yes, just, if we exactly buy one twelve pack, it gets drank. Regardless of how much beer we bet, there is no beer the morning after. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's just it got to the point with with Jaybird that like. We could tell what day of the week it was with what beer he showed up with. So if it was Monday, he showed up with three tall boys, right? If it was a Tuesday and there was some basketball on, he got an eighteen pack. Like, it's just crazy. Like, it just uh, whatever. Anyway, we're not gonna shitbag him. I love that dude. Loves beer. Jermaine, you're third on the. You're next with the pick. All right. So my first pick is Taylor Swift. Ah, oh, fantastic. Somebody pick. had to say it. I I, I went third. And I was sitting here like, fuck, who am I going to take if it's not Taylor Swift? And, good, yeah. Dude, I'm just, like, no disrespect. I'm not saying she has all awful music. But when you're purposefully hooking up with people 
to break up with them, to write music about them. And then the music is mediocre pop. Like it's not even good pop. You know, like there's levels to this shit. Like Adele fucking disappears for five years and comes back and drops fucking hectic, outstanding music. And you are like this practice musician and can't give me anything good. Then you started as a country artist. <laughs> like, does anybody remember that Taylor Swift started as a country artist? Or am uh, I the go, only go, person? Going to high school in Nashville. Yes, I do remember. Teardrops on uh, my guitar. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, you're definitely the most overrated. You're, you're probably maybe not a terrible person, but like, you're shallow and you'll do whatever it takes to make the money. And congratulations. I wish I was as rich as you, but you made number one for that reason. Although so, I would, I, I would like to write a diss track on John Mayer. That'd be pretty fun. Dude. I like John Mayer. I think he's a tremendous musician. Well, you're he's not going to like, you're not going to like my next pick. I don't think he, look, first of all, yes, he's overrated. I agree with that. <laughs> I like John Mayer. Uh, he's also a piece of shit. So I understand why she was mad about him. I'm talking about all the other people as well. That right. she goes out of dates. And then second, I have to do it. It's Beyonce. Oh, damn. <laughs> Great pick. She should have been the number one pick. No, dude. First, because because Beyonce, Beyonce can sing. Her music. <laughs> like, like the melodies and, and no. But like, she can sing legitimately. God awful. Her music is god awful. It's not good. Yeah. You're that's just coming hell. after every basic bitch's iPod right now. One hundred percent. That or, that's because music selection. Music that's, like that's for that reason. It's definitely yes, one hundred percent. So that's my that's my top two. I knew there'd be no complaints, and I knew we'd get through these two very quickly. So I'll go ahead and hand it back to you, Eric. With my second pick, it's gonna be who I think is literally the most overrated person. She makes god awful music. I wish she would just stop. She's starting to venture into movies. I wish she would stop. Just go away. It's Lady Gaga. I cannot fucking stand Lady Gaga. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna disagree with you. I think she makes great music. Hey, well, I mean that's it's the beautiful thing about these lists. It's all opinion based, but I think she's god awful. I think she should retire. Move the way, move away, shut up. We should never hear from her again. I cannot stand her. I don't think right. she I don't think she's bad enough to be you know top 15, is all I'm saying. I don't think that I don't necessarily disagree with your choice. I I could easily pick 15, you know, more artists than that. But then again, Nick did lead off with Nirvana. <laughs> so like that's an aggressive. So we, we just got some aggressive takes. So we'll go ahead and get into to Nick. All right, I, I this and it, I think it's just such a contrast, and it carries over from his old stuff to now. Whereas, like his fanboys cannot admit that like he makes not good music now, and since a definitive moment in his life, Same. it's new Kanye West. Let's go. New Kanye West is awful. I will say, as probably the one of the biggest fans of Kanye West on planet Earth. My fandom ends in 2012. Everything With, post 2012, it's like the end of the world actually happened. And his mom died in 2000, uh, 2008 when 808s and Heartbreaks came out. Oh. If, if we had an executive producer, <laughs> Well, if we had an intern, we could probably look it up. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Keep going. Well, I just. Keep going, oh, Eric. Eric, I'm just. Keep anyway. Going. That's what I said. Anyway. 
My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then Yeezus came out in 2011 or 2012. I can't remember. And that was it. Everything else since then, Nick, you hit it right on. It's the most garbage music out there. Even Yeezus, dude. Even Yeezus is kind of like I. I will take a couple of songs off Yeezus, but my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was his last good album. Which coincidentally yeah, is one new, of the greatest albums ever. New, new Kanye West. Yeah, awful. Yeezus is polarizing, but yeah, I Yeezus is is flawless in my opinion. It, it, it's my beautiful dark twisted fantasy first, always and forever. Then Yeezus number two. Man, has there been a harder fall off in the music industry? Like, I'm talking about scale, like how great he was to how absolute dog shit his music is now. I mean, Little Wayne went completely away. If you consider that a fall off, that's true. I so Little Wayne is a great answer. My answer is DMX. Anytime anyone answered, asked that question, RIP, RIP, the legend. But I mean. DMX Memorial Day. Let us remember DMX. DMX went from like one of the like premier artists, most consequential individuals in the music industry. By the way, Eric, you need to mute yourself next time you do that. (laughs) We heard all of that, and so he tried to cover up the laughing, and instead, you just heard headphones shuffling. So we heard we had DMX just on top of the world. It's like three albums straight of just nothing but heat. And, and then he ended up dropping a Christian album that nobody knows about. Like that's how far DMX fell. Yeah, it was great. All right. So Kanye rounds out round two. Who are we getting on the round three here? Nick. Uh, all right. So I did Kanye. I'll, I'll go with a, I'll go with a little bit of an older one. I'm stuck. I'll, I'll go Bob Dylan. I just do not like Bob Dylan. The, the same thing that applied to Nirvana can be applied to Bob Dylan for me. He di- he wasn't single handedly responsible for changing the music industry. And yet everybody worships him like this god among men. And his music sucks. And when you sing like this, so it's awful. That's I completely agree. He is extremely overrated. But there's like he's a great songwriter. Like the shit he's writing is amazing, but he should not be the one singing it. And we don't know how many stuff. That, so that's that's one thing that actually is, is pretty interesting about Taylor Swift is that Taylor Swift back like five years ago was writing a majority of the like country music out there. So she's an excellent songwriter. I do agree with what Jermaine said though. She's very overrated. I, I just don't like, okay. I'm glad that he's a good songwriter. He's not a good singer. He makes good music. Maybe. I don't know. I think he's overrated. So Bob Dylan Tremendous songwriter, like Eric said, but you know, it's I think he's worse than Taylor Swift in that in that regard. It's like Taylor Swift, tremendous songwriter, tremendous singer. My problem is that she doesn't make the music, in my opinion, she does not make the music she wants to make. She like found she found the the maximized opportunity to make money 
So she changed her sound to make that maximize money. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm, look, I, I would do a lot of things to make money. I, you know, I'd probably sell my integrity. Honestly, here's the thing. I go to work. You have integrity left? I go to work every day at a, at a job. I don't really give a fuck about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I get what Taylor Swift's doing, but that's why she makes the list. Uh, Bob Dylan is far worse than Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I, will, I will come to bat for Taylor all day, bro. Like, uh, all right, so we'll get into Eric's third pick. What do you got, Eric? Um, so I want to just put general boy band here, but <laughs> I'm going to go with the Jonas Brothers. Okay. And th- when I say Jonas Brothers, I'm also including their individual shit. So all, all three of them suck. <laughs> and then the other brother who started that group dance, that sucks. All right. Just stop making music in general. If your last name is Jonas, stop making music. It, it's bad for everybody's health. It makes us want to Cobain ourselves. <laughs> Please just get into acting. Aren't they into acting already? One of them is. Nick is. Nick is, is, yeah. Have you seen... um, (laughs) Okay. Super obscure reference. Direct TV started... (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is going to be golden. (laughs) Everything you're hearing is outrageous. I promise. And if you're laughing, you should be because DirecTV had its own MMA show with Nick no. Jonas in it. No, I have not seen that. The it had show, that it other had, actor in it, right? It, the... it had it had the dude who plays Crossbones in in Marvel. So you know the dude who pulls the bomb vest when Captain America is standing in front of him and causes that whole big hoopla in Civil War. If you've seen yeah. Captain America Civil War, yeah. that dude, his name is uh, not Rumlo. God, now I don't know his name. It's like Frank. Hold on, I'm going to give it to you. Frank Grillo. I almost said Gigolo. <laughs> Frank Gigolo. What a Frank, name. Frank Grillo. So he's in it as well. The show is not terrible. I'm not going to sit here and say it's The Wire or Breaking Bad. Like, I won't say that. It's not a bad show, but. Nick Jonas is that show. I just felt like referencing that when Nick when hey, Eric was burying him. It had a three season run. Can't hate on that. No, it. I watched the first season. I didn't finish the last two, but oh, it, it was, wasn't like an MMA commentary show. It was a show about MMA fighters. Right. It was oh, kids. Okay. It was kids training to be MMA fighters, it, it, and then there was so like. Just- you know, then they have character flaws that could tell a story and, you know, it's fucking television, <laughs> obviously. But right. it, was, it, was, it was decent. I, I, it wasn't like I'm, like I'm not sitting here recommending it to people, but if you're bored and that show pops up, you're, you know, you won't be upset you watched it. Uh, Jonas Brothers, great pick. I'll go ahead and move into my next one. <sighs> I had an answer in my head. I had a, like a pick in my head and I'm going blank now. It's it's the alcohol, but goodness me. And I have two picks in a row. I can't even think of anyone. <clears throat> I'm going to go. So I think Pearl Jam is terrible. Okay. Somebody had to but, say it. Yeah. I, I, I haven't liked Pearl Jam ever, so I'm going to go ahead and put Pearl Jam here. Uh, just It's just not good. 
like I remember like the first time I heard a Pearl Jam song, everyone's just like, this is Pearl Jam. And I'm like, this, you can keep this. <laughs> I, I won't fight you for this. Uh, I was, I was pretty annoyed by that. Man, why am I, I, ha- I can't think of the name anymore. You have a song in your head? And you yeah. just don't know the- can you sing it for us? Yeah. No, dude, like that's the thing. I just blanked completely. Uh, I'm gonna go with who I was gonna put in my fifth pick, and uh, she doesn't need any unnecessary hate, but I'm gonna go ahead and say Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Wait, Avril Lavigne pre accident or post cloning? <laughs> no, add them together, and that's what it is. Okay, yes. all right, yeah. So, if you guys have not looked it up, look up Admiral Levine death slash clone, and you will not be disappointed about the conspiracy theory on the internet. Yeah, that's damn. I, I think that a, was I the. I think she was the first person that I I read the the clone conspiracy. Yeah, and then it just and then you read that one, and then you go to YouTube, and just it's a it's just a rabbit hole. It's just nonsense. Yeah, it's great. You're right there, Jermaine. No, I'm good. I'm just watching the hockey game. All right, so I guess I'm talking about shit. I didn't. Oh man, is that Eric calling Jermaine out for not talking? What a what a what a world we live in. No, 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 no. I just I thought he was trying, you know, processing that he lost the artist who that he was trying to say. But I'll go into my fourth pick. Um, Probably going to be a hot take. Um, He's got bangers that are really good, and he's made a forty-year fucking career that's you know that's lasted. But Snoop Dogg. Outside of his hits, that dude is extremely overrated. Oh, no, I disagree there. But I love Snoop Dogg. But Interesting. I agree. I agree do you, do I you, are you, are you talking Snoop Dogg? Oh! Are Rangers! Talking, are you talking uh, Snoop Dogg, the uh, the uh, person, or like Snoop Dogg, the artist? The artist. The person's cool shit. Like, I, you know, whatever. I don't know him, but... Just as far as like, if you go back and listen to his albums, like his, I, dis- I guess I meant the persona. So you you have no problem with like Snoop Dogg doing all his stuff in other vent or in other. No. Do you boo boo? Like, do you live your best best life? But like, as far as like as a rapper, if you go listen to his discography, like it's it's just a compilation of shit with two hit singles on every album. I guess I haven't paid it that much attention, but I'll be inclined to. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Sure. Snoop Dogg's bad. <laughs> I don't I think I've heard it. Like the, the musician is not good. He's really not. Like the dude changed his name to Snoop Line and dropped a reggae album with Miley Cyrus on it. Did you? Uh, I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but he was like, "If you if you listen to rap, uh, you may have not heard Snoop Dogg's reggae album, and if you listen to reggae, you definitely haven't heard Snoop Dogg's <laughs> reggae album." <laughs> Because it's god awful. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he did that for like he did that for like like uh like a month, right? Like he was not Snoop Lion for a very long time. No, he was Snoop, he, he was Snoop Lion long enough to drop an album, make money, and then not have to do it anymore. Just just like outside of T Pain, and maybe not even T Pain. I'm sorry, outside of Nate Dog, can you name another artist who's most successful, like most of his success comes off features or, you know, Dr. Dre songs or 
Like every he doesn't he's not a good individual artist. He can't carry an album by himself. I mean, that's what I was about to add. I like I'm trying to think of like s- s- like good solo Snoop Dogg songs. They don't exist. And I yeah, I, I'm just thinking of all his features. He's very he's a very I would say he's good to be like he's a good Akon feature. He's a good like I think maybe like was it drop it like it's hot or is Pharrell on that too? No, it's Pharrell. Yeah, see, it's like everything he, beautiful Pharrell. Drop it like it's hot, Pharrell. Like he, sexual eruption, Pharrell. Like all his success is owed to other people. In my well, opinion. one of the reasons why I don't di- like I don't give Snoop a lot of heat is because I believe that hip hop is better in groups because you don't get fatigued of one person's voice, right? So like, yeah. Tribe Called Quest, fire, Outcast, fire, right? DJ like, Khaled, fire. First, ain't no one ever said that ever. <laughs> no one ever said that ever. That dude's so uh, bad he's not even worthy of making this list. Yeah, that's. I fucking. He gets Khaled, people bro. together. What can you say? He's an organizer. I hate DJ Khaled, bro. <laughs> All right, so my fourth pick. Uh, I'm gonna go most '80s hair bands outside of their like main radio singles. If you listen to like a Guns N' Roses album, it's awful. Like Guns N' Roses, Poison. Mm, who else do I want to throw? Kiss, Striper, Stri- Their greatest hits album, pretty good. Like Rock probably singles. half the album, pretty good. If you listen to their like individual albums that they like put out in the time, they're awful. I feel like that. I agree with you completely. Like that whole era is just the hits. Everything else was just trash. Like Def Leppard, Kiss, all those bands. It was just. It's just they got the good songs, and it's like one or two, and that's it. Well, that's. I, I think that's what everybody raves about in that time is the concerts, right? Because the concerts were so good because they would just play like four or five songs, and just get the get everybody up and out of their seats. Nah. Sorry, go. I'm sorry. I was just saying they'd fill the time in the concert with these crappy songs that people wouldn't even realize. No, a lot of their songs are not good. It was so the reason why those guys are big. Well, not the reason, but like at the concerts, their solos fucked. Right. You know what I mean? Like that was what people went to go see, and they're like, "Oh my god, he killed the guitar, or he did this, he did that." It wasn't like a specific song they're calling. It was just, it was the sheer talent of the musician shining through. So I, I'm agreeing with you. I was just, right. I just wanted to hop in on the point you were making. Right. Uh, and then let's see. Oh, man. I, I, I'm going to throw, I, well, I, I'll say one for honorable mention. Dave Matthews Band is my final pick. <laughs> Banana Pancakes is the only good song that Dave Matthews has ever put out. And I will fight anybody that says they're good. They're not good. They've played the same song 423 times. I, I agree. And, and, yeah. and, no, move on. Your pick. Next pick. Like, that's a great choice. Uh, so I guess going into my last pick here, uh, I got a couple people I want to mention, but I think I want to stir the pot and see what this group says. Um, I've actually had this conversation with Jermaine before, but I think the Beatles. Listen, 
I've given a lot of flack to Nirvana and Bob Dylan for like being these bands that revolutionized the music industry. I think the Beatles legitimately revolutionized the music industry. Okay. And that's and that's where this is where this take gets like it gets misconstrued. Is like I understand what they did for music. You had right. them coming over from London, blowing up. They made the whole like you know cross the Atlantic connection. The way they made music, the way Paul McCartney like engineered the music, revolutionized it. But right. as as a whole, it's it's just bland. It's not. I don't. It just. I don't like it. It doesn't no, sit well dude, with take, me. Take take yourself back to the sixties. And just listen, and just like put yourself in the '60s listening to the Beatles. Actually, I, and I'm, you know, it was a toss-up between them and Elvis. I think both of them are extremely overrated, but um, I went with the Beatles. I, I, I disagree. Jermaine, your pick or counterpoint? Um, yeah. So we talked about this before. I understand what people see in the Beatles. Like it is. As far as like the musicality of songs, the Beatles were masterful at it. Whether it be the song or the melody or the hook or the way they they structured their lyrics. Um, but I'm not gonna sit here and pull up my Spotify and be like, "Oh, I need to pick some music and choose the Beatles." So Never if somebody if somebody said that point, I'm not gonna sit here and like, you know fight them on it, but I would never ever sit here and say they're overrated when <clears throat> the list of musicians that are out there is is it's so much higher. I mean the the blank I drew was Juice World. Juice World should be on this list. U2 should be on this list. Coldplay should be on this list. The Beach Boys. The Beach Boys should be on this list. Like John the, Mayer. And not like the Foo Fighters, the Foo Fighters should be on this list. Uh, I don't know. The Foo Fighters are overrated. If you don't like Nirvana and you like the Foo Fighters, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> like Damn. Nirvana is fire. Foo Fighters is like, hey, sorry we lost Kurt Cobain. Here's the music we kind of probably would have made without without Kurt Cobain. Yeah, thanks, bro. We didn't want that. Go get us Kurt back. Can you clone him instead of Avril? Like, the fuck are you doing, bro? And then finally, my last pick is Eminem. Okay. Eminem hasn't been good in 15 years. Since 2004. That's a that's a fact. What is, I mean, a lot of his music is based on, like, it's supposed to, and, and I use this term very loosely, it's based on, like, Hood rap music before it was hood rap music, right? It's based on like coming up out of the ghetto. You don't have a lot of money. Eminem's music got bad once he got a lot of money. Terrible. The dude can't pick a beat to save his fucking life. Like if we're going to bury Snoop Dogg and the Beatles and fucking Nirvana, how the fuck wasn't Eminem picked higher? I, I will say Eminem's kind of a conundrum because – I can see how he would be on this list, but he's also arguably one of the greatest rappers of all time. Like, I don't give a fuck. So is Twista. Are are we riding home for Twista? Lyrically, uh, bar for bar, Twista is, if not Eminem's equal, better. 
Who the fuck talks about Twista? I, I, like, Nick, do you know a Twista song? Have you nope. heard? Have you heard <laughs> Twista? Exactly. Nope. The, the fuck am I going to sit here for? Congratulations, bro. You can do one of the seven parts of making successful music. Like, no, dude. Eminem is not good. What has anymore? Has it been good since like the beginning of my high school when everyone was just like Eminem is fucking hot shit and he was. Encore was the last, was the last, or was it Curtain Call? Curtain Call was the last good album. Ever since Mm. then, it's downhill. Hit when was Curtain Call? Is that before uh, rehab and relapse and all that shit? Yes, yes, it's the one with the with the red. with the red curtains, uh, it's actually fire. Yeah, all right. Jury's still out. I, I'm just. First of all, I'm not saying Eminem can't rap. That's not what I'm saying. But his albums are fucking trash, and the way people regard him is insane. Dude, the Rangers just answered Carolina's goal with another goal. <laughs> Carolina was like, "Fuck yeah, we broke through." I'm just gonna turn this off, dude. This is a waste <laughs> yeah. of my goddamn time. Dude, it's it is not it is it is not worth watching this game anymore. Save some data here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here we go. We end it. We so we end the pop culture pick them. Eric, go ahead and read us through the list, please. Um, so Nick had Nirvana. Horrible pick. Great pick. Uh new Kanye West, Bob Dylan, most 80s hair bands, Dave Matthews band. I had Machine Gun Kelly, Lady Gaga. Jonas Brothers, Snoop Dogg, and the Beatles. Jermaine had Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Pearl Jam, Avril Lavigne, and Eminem. Is there any honorable mentions for you guys? Because I have one I want to give. I want to replace Avril Lavigne with the blank that I had. Is that possible? Since I just... want to put Juice in? I want to put Juice World. All right. Subtract uh, Avril Lavigne and add Juice World. And, Ju- and Avril Lavigne will be my honorable mention. And then for my honorable mentions, it's all female rappers except for Lauren Hill. <laughs> okay. They're all trash. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think Nicki Minaj is passable, but that's just. I mean, you said it on the podcast. Cardi B is god awful. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, she 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 heads she heads the list. I think she's on a on a list of top five most overrated. She's got to be number six. Um, you yeah. two, the Beach Boys, John Mayer for me. That's yeah. that's the list of of overrated. But yeah, all right. So Eric, the UCL final yep. happened. Champions League final happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is how is Aurelio doing? Is he is he how how are Liverpool fans doing across the world? Well, take well, us I- take us first through. There was a little bit of a controversy prior to yep. the match. The match was not able to start on time. Start on time. Talk us through that. So, and it's funny because that's actually one of the biggest things I've heard from Liverpool fans is they're trying to sort of pass blame onto uh, what happened uh, leading up to the game. Um, there was about five gates that fans could go through, and apparently. Um, police officials or security officials or whoever it was that made the decision decided to close four of the five gates and have all the fans funnel through one gate. And people started freaking out because they heard music playing. They thought the pre-show was happening. They thought the kick the you know kickoff was going to be at the same time. So people started jumping the fence. People started you know bum rushing, and it just 
it became a horror deal. They had to extend the kickoff for what 30 minutes, I believe it was. And now Liverpool fans are saying that that delay is what may have caused issues for the team. And there is an official review, if I'm not mistaken here. Um, there is an official review for uh I'm gonna read it here. Let me pull it up. There is an official uh, review by the by FIFA as to what happened. Um, they're obviously not going to be able to overturn the uh, overturn the the game. Liverpool, Real Madrid won fair and square, but uh, Liverpool is demanding an independent investigation into the chaotic scenes outside the Stade de France before Saturday's Champions League final. So Liverpool fans are actually insanely upset about this, and they're placing a lot of the blame. That's not what happened, but right. So, so yeah. oh, 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 oh. stop me if you've heard this story before, Nick. Liverpool makes UCL, loses UCL, finds some other reason to blame besides their piss poor play. All right, so uh, so you, you know you know I'm the analytics man of this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. The the game got started late. Sure, this is how bad it messed up Liverpool. Are you ready? Outshot Real Madrid twenty three to three. Out attacked Real Madrid seventy three to twenty four. Had four more corners than Real Madrid. Eighty eight percent passing accuracy compared to Real Madrid's eighty five. A hundred six hundred and eleven passes attempted compared to Real's uh, five hundred and twenty five. Yeah, it's Courtois, a bad take. Courtois had nine saves. It's like, just a overall bad take by Liverpool fans. You got to take the loss. Oh, that's oh, I you know what? You know what? If the game would have started on time, Liverpool would have had 25 attempts. <laughs> Dude, everything you and then just... maybe one of them would have gone in. That's immense. Uh, there, I mean, there... keep going, Jermaine. No, I, I was Yo. just trying to say everything Yo. you just said is what I was gonna say. So, right. like, that's insane. Yeah, that, that's insane. It's every time Liverpool faces any adversity, they piss and moan. They blame Sergio Ramos. Now they're blaming entry into the thing. Entry doesn't affect the team. The team was in there. The team was warmed up. And guess what? The delay affected Real Madrid as well. The fuck are you talking about? The first 30 minutes when everyone was saying, oh, our fans weren't in there, guess who was the better team in the first 30 minutes? Liverpool. Liverpool. Guess who was the better team in the first sixty minutes? Liverpool was a better team the whole game. Guess who was the f- better team in the in the in the ninety minutes? Liverpool. Guess what? Liverpool should have lost two zero. Let's talk about that, Liverpool fans. Which that's another controversy that I mean we can get into, but a lot of true soccer fans that, that was a goal, man. That was Kareem Benzema should have had a goal in that game. And I and I as much as I wanted Liverpool to win, and as much as I'd like to sit here and say, that was a goddamn goal. They stole a goal from that man. It's unbelievable. I have to sit here and listen to Liverpool fans tell me they have the best striker, they have the best defender, they have a terrific midfield, they have the best coach in soccer. And then every single time they come up short, I have to listen to some fucking bullshit excuse. Can we just say you lost? You did not. You were not the better team. Is that not acceptable anymore? Well, I, th- are I, we, think, are, I think are they we... were. I, I I will agree with you up to the point of. Can we also say that Courtois stood on his freaking head 
and stole a game for Real when they needed him to be the best goalkeeper in the world, and he was. And then he said, put some fucking respect on my name. Right. After right. the game, he said, put some respect on my name. Right. This was a conversation I, I – a pointed conversation I had with you in the last podcast. The very first question I asked you guys was, who is who has the better goalkeeper? Yeah. Right? Both of you said Alisson, and I was sitting here like, damn, Couture really getting that much fucking disrespect? Well, so I as still, a long-time – I still agree with you guys, though. As a long-time <laughs> Chelsea fan, and he was a stud for Chelsea – Um. I think, I think his first uh, year at Real was shaky. I think uh, even through this season, there were some moments that were shaky. But at the end of the day, which I think we'll discuss further on later on on E segment. But at the end of the day, like when the lights were the brightest, is when he shined the most. So, you know, fuck all your midseason struggles. Fuck all when when it matters is when he showed up. And I and hats off to him. I hate him for leaving Chelsea. I think he left. You know, in, on bad terms, and it pissed me off. But hey, congrats on winning the UCL, and that was a phenomenal performance. He was he was everywhere. I, I told I so go ahead, Nick. I was gonna, I was just gonna say, Vinny Junior scored the only goal in the 59th minute. Real won one nothing. I don't know if we ever said that when we listed key stats. I think we just got right into a rant about how Liverpool blew this game. I just can't stand Liverpool fans, and I was ranting about Liverpool fans all of Saturday. And Eric was just like, well, my one of my roommates and good friends is a Liverpool fan. And I was just like, I fucking know that guy too. He's terrific. <laughs> Doesn't make up for an entire fan base. I'm like, I'm not rooting for Liverpool. Liverpool can fucking kick rocks. I'm rooting for Real Madrid as dumb as that fucking is. And now Real, Eric and I, we can vet this again, but now Real has double – the yep. amount of Champions Leagues as second place. So Real has 14 all-time now. Uh, second is uh, Milan with seven, and Liverpool is third with six. So now Real has officially doubled the second place, um, or the person in second place right now with the most victories in UCL, which I, I guess we can kind of get into it now because I'm going to hear it at some point, and I know all the fans out there are waiting for you guys to bite my head off. So there were some outlandish statements made. I did say that uh, Klopp was the best coach. I still stand by that. In my opinion, he's one of the best coaches. He's the best coach active. But um, unbeknownst to me. Unbeknownst. <laughs> unbeknownst to me. It was announced to you. Uh, Ancelotti has now the most appearances in a UCL championship. And he's officially the number one. He's in the number one spot for most UCL wins. Oh, oh, oh. I think my headphones gave out. Eric, can you give us those stats again? Yeah, he's uh, the most Champions League finals appearances. Um, He has done it five times. And somehow he's won it four times. Three with AC Milan, 2003, 2005, and 2007. And now 2022 with Real and 2014 with Real uh, Madrid. Um, Holy shit! Okay, so then, I'm not done. Said, I'm not done. No, me, hold on, hold on. I don't give a fuck what you're saying anymore. No, it's about All right, Carlo. All right, he's also one of three managers to win the Champions League three times, and he's also one of the only ones to win it back to back. Along with who? Who's the other manager to win it back to back? Zinedine Zidane. And? Just those two. Is that it? Oh no. Uh, yeah, those are the only two that say on this list. I mean, I'll go look up an official list, but in this article, those are the only two that won it back-to-back. With? 
Uh, Real Madrid? No, no. He won his with AC Milan, and Zidane won his with Real. Right. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Is is and and you know I don't know all these international languages and international names, but none of those guys were named Klopp, were they? No, Klopp actually has the most appearances, um, the second most appearances at four, but he's got the most losses with four, with three. He won one with Liverpool. They won one. They yeah. won in. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, here we go with this. So, argument. so we we can pause here for what I wanted to complete last episode, but let's I had drop to, anchor I, here. I had I had to allow Eric to make his points. Jurgen Klopp is the best manager in all of football. He has invented the X's and O's and the tactics that we see them attack. You see this dude, he runs this way, and this dude runs this way, and then the ball passes and go. I had to sit here and listen to this man. Tell me. Tell me for back-to-back seasons that it was Thomas Tuchel and then Jurgen Klopp. Those were the best managers. That's two different years, ladies and gentlemen. The, the coach is still coaching in this. They still coach the same teams. And, and, and just all that happened was a calendar year change. So I had to hear about these two great managers. And every time I counterpunched, I was wrong. Jurgen Klopp is the greatest thing to ever happen to soccer. But the very first person I counterpunched with was Carlo Ancelotti. The only manager to ever win all five domestic club leagues right now you just told me he has the most uefa champions league victories which is according to you the only trophy that matters when i brought up the other five leagues so now i'm very confused with those very sentiments that you presented to me eric explain to me in what quasi-fucking multiversal universe Doctor Strange created for you to splinter off in that Jurgen Klopp is this God's gift to soccer that he is unquestionably, unquestionably, the way you presented it, unquestionably the best coach, manager in the sport. Well, you know, this dude is like playing, like, I, I don't, I don't, that, that popped me with, with Ancelotti. This dude is playing football manager in real life. It's insane. But AC AC Milan 2003-2004. Chelsea 2009-2010. PSG 2012-2011. Bayern 2016-2017. Real Madrid 21-22. You want to win the league, you bring Carlo in. All right. I got to defend myself here real quick. One. Please. I've never once said that it's like Klopp has the title as best coach. And nobody else comes close. What? Right. This Two. just said that last episode. No, no, I, no, no. I do. Eric is trying to coach. defend that he's saying that it's close that Klopp is the best. No, I think you can argue for a couple different dudes. As much as I hate Pep, you can argue Pep. As much as I, you know, defend I, your opinion, Eric. No, I'm just saying it I still wrong think it's Klopp. It. And then to bring in to another point, you know, Nick, if you want to bring up your boy and what he said, which I wholeheartedly stand by, you have to look at what these coaches do and how they get there. Klopp has taken organizations that may have been great in the past, but when he inherited them, weren't good. And he built them into great programs while he was there. Who Dortmund? 
Yeah, he took Dortmund. He built Dortmund. But and then he take built Dortmund over the 1980s. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm he didn't? Liverpool, no, okay. I don't know when he took it over, but Liverpool again. Liverpool has the third most Champions Leagues of all time, but that doesn't mean that that program was good when he took it over. So okay? one of the two. So one of the two teams that he's taken over has been good. Did he take Liverpool over in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s? No, he's only been in like these six teams years. have been. It's not like he's taking a 1982 Bayern Munich, like a 1982 Munich, and like bringing them through divisions. He's not playing football manager with these teams, dude. I, I'll get that he's a good manager. And I'll get to Tom's point here in a second, which one of the listeners said, basically, Ancelotti has walked into the most stacked dressing rooms of all time. He is a mercenary. But guess why he keeps getting hired? Because he wins. Because he wins. With no. the team that the previous manager could not win with. Can, can we express that point enough? Can we express the teams that he did not build? You know the reason they were looking for a manager was the manager could not get it done with the roster they built. Are, are we expressing that point enough? So all, all you did was name a team that he took over for two years each time, two to three years, and dominated professional football with. With his tactics, his ability to get the most out of your players. If that doesn't make you the best manager in football, I don't know what does. I don't give a fuck what you built, and this is my argument. Did you build it or did you buy it? Because Pep bought Man City. Liverpool has bought their lineup right now. I'm kind of confused with that logic, though, because in soccer, that's how you build your team. You go out and you buy players. It might be unfair that some teams have a bigger bank than others. Like I will never, ever, ever just like argue that. But you can't. He, he, they have the money to spend, and they go out and get the players that fit the system. So he's so building then, the team. So, so what? So, you can't so, knock a coach coming in to a team that he did not build and making that team work. That's more impressive, is that not? Is that not? He did not handpick the players, but somehow took those players, formed them into a cohesive unit, and won the ch- title. Also, I like so again, Eric. I'm going to be the stats guy on this podcast. Jurgen Klopp spent nine years, or sorry, eight years at Mainz in the Bundesliga. He won forty percent of his games, and the only title he won was a promotion to Bundesliga two. He managed Dortmund for eight years. He won fifty six percent of his games and has not won anything since 2014 when they won the Super Cup. He was constantly, year in and year out, dominated by a Bayern team that changed coaches like a revolving door. He could not beat Bayern. He could not win the league from Bayern. And he could not win the easiest league in the world. The easiest league of the top five, yes or yes? I'd say it's the French, but yeah. That's one of them. You you think the Bundesliga is is harder to win than Liga 1? I think they're both just kind of, eh. I think right. I think I there's two teams in Bundesliga. Yeah. At least in in the in the French league, you get four or five occasionally. Not always. It's two in the Bundesliga though. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm, I'm saying I just going back to the club thing. Like we're gonna completely disagree on this all the time. I understand his track record wasn't the best where he was before, but. 
you're not going to change my mind as to what he's done with Liverpool has propelled him into the conversation on the top of the list of coaches in the league and, and currently in soccer. Like that is not how you posed it last episode. Okay, that is I'm not, not how you posed the last episode. Okay, I'm I'm still I still personally, if I could pick a coach to run Chelsea right now, I would still take Klopp. With the talent you have, with the talent, <laughs> uh, if we don't lose them, yes. Why would you have. not pick Ancelotti? Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I just don't. I don't. He's understand. gonna win you a Champions League. He's gonna win you your domestic league minimum, right. minimum. Yeah, I also really like the brand of soccer club has his players playing. Okay, so then it's a preference. It is not necessarily that he's the better coach. What I don't understand is, is he can't beat Pep in the in the English Premier League. He, I mean, he's he, one one. He, he 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 can't beat him. He can't. The yeah, year he, that the year that Liverpool had the third most historic point total in. English Premier League soccer? Second most historic. It was it was the third most historic point total. And then Man City set the record in that same year. Pep set that record in the same year. It was it was a one point difference, and it was the record that City set is number one. And if City had not set that record, the record would have been Klopp's the, the Liverpool record. All right. So then I misspoke. The year he set the second best record, he still couldn't even get it done. Do you do you understand what I'm saying? I have to sit here and listen to this Klopp praise. And when he technically broke the record, just like Giannis and Embiid broke the player efficiency rating record, they still lost to Jokic. Mm-hmm. I have to listen to Klopp's praise. Because you don't have enough hubris to ad- acknowledge Pep Guardiola. You hate that man so much that you cannot give him any sort of recognition. And I have to hear this unequivocal dominance of Klopp. Like, I just don't see it. I mean, that's perfectly fine. I, I'm going to stand by what I say. I think Klopp's the best coach. I will honor as my team. Like, if you disagree, that's fine. That's the point of these conversations is for us to, like, talk about him. But the fact I don't like for me it's Klopp. I'm gonna stick with Klopp. I love Klopp. I want, wish he could coach Chelsea. It's not gonna happen. I understand that Pep probably over you know is is up there. Ancelotti's up there. There's a couple other coaches that probably deserve to be in the conversation. But it's a conversation that should be had. Like it's not just we're knocking Klopp off because of this. Like he's in the conversation. No, you posed it as it's Klopp or nobody. Yeah, well you know for sure and, giggles. And the year before it was Tuchel or nobody. It's I yeah I, until he doesn't coach the Blues he's it's too cool till I die but still like so you I, can I, understand the dilemma that us the people posing these arguments and discussing them have there's the biases that are reigning in here and that's why we keep losing our mind yeah I mean I'm, I maybe here. I am more biased than than you guys allow to yourselves to be but I can't help it like I'm more I I let certain things influence me and. My deep, passionate, deep-rooted, I can't fucking stand Pep Guardiola. I think he's a fucking snob. I, I think he's either. a cry-fucking baby. I think he's fucking... And I, so is Klopp! I think most soccer coaches are. Let's be fucking real. Well, but, most soccer... These are former soccer players. Most, yeah. soccer, most soccer players, personas, people, they're all crybabies. But it is what it is. Like is. I'm, I, I, I'm going to say that I still am a big fan of Klopp. I, I still think he should be in the discussion, and I'm going to stand by it. Like, I, I would pick him over Pep or Ancelotti, even if you don't agree. Like, that's just how I feel. All right, as a fact-checker of the podcast. 
the most Premier League points in a season was 100 by Manchester City in 2017-2018. The second most was Manchester City in 2018-2019, with the third most being 2018-2019 Liverpool, who had 97. So your boy is they have, correct. They have the most points without winning a title. Now, can you tell me who the fewest, who has the fewest Premier League points and has won a league title? Manchester United. With? Uh, it, no, it was 49. What? I, mean, I, I don't know if this, I think it's a full season. <laughs> I think it's a full season. I was talking shit. I didn't know the total. He asked me a number. I just shot a number out. It's in the 80s, right? 75 points Manchester and the Manchester United in the 1996-1997 won the season. They won the season by seven points. They won the Premier League by seven points. I knew it was United. I just didn't know the number. Yeah. So I fucking shot a dumb number. I, I feel like that... We're we're so like we're so spoiled with with City hitting a hundred points and Liverpool being in the nineties and Chelsea being in the nineties. Like we forget that before all this oil money came into soccer, like winning <laughs> the league was like eighty two points or like if you broke ninety points, it was like holy shit is one of the best teams we've ever seen. The but now we're spoiled. The competitive no 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 we're not spoiled. The competitive balance is ruined. Yeah. The re- the reason why we all adore Leicester is. They weren't supposed to be there or do that. The reason why Tottenham is kind of this new, like, darling, not that they haven't existed for very long, but they're a new darling with, like, new soccer fans and stuff like that is because that's relatively new. I don't remember Tottenham being that good back in the day, in in my opinion. I didn't watch soccer as much as I do now, but... We'll be talking about Newcastle soon enough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they just and that, so the competitive balance is gone. It's it's the same complaint we have with baseball is the same complaint we have with soccer. All right, so but at least in baseball, we don't just say Dusty Baker is the greatest manager ever, even though he just he wins once. You know? Yeah. Well, so we know Carlo Ancelotti is at the top of this list. Do you do you, I do you, you guys think you can get who the second most winning win, winningest UCL coach of all time is? Yep, Haynix. Who? Yep, Haynix. No. No, damn. Uh, Zidane. No, he's third. Bob Bradley. Well, actually, I'm sorry. You're right, Jermaine. He's tied for second with three. So you're looking for the other guy. The other guy, yeah. And we're not going to get it. Do we get any hint? Uh, He coached in the 60s. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And he's English. Have no clue. Have no Uh, clue. Bob Paisley. He won uh, a bunch. He won three, three championships with Liverpool. And then it's Zidane, and then after Zidane... Well, hold on. Liverpool won three championships in the 60s, but I thought Klopp built them. Eric? Okay. Listen, (laughs) my argument, what I'm trying to say is Pat Riley won championships with the Lakers. Then the Lakers didn't have Pat Riley, and they weren't good anymore, right? They were ass water. And then... Phil Jackson took over and built the organization hey, welcome back up. to this edition of Spinning Up Eric. I'm your host, Nick Moran. <laughs> fucking damn it, dude. You know on exactly what episode, I meant. On today's episode. Anyway, can you guys guess who's fourth? Jermaine, you better get this. Yep, hey, Nick's. No, Louis Van Gaal. Nope. Sir Alex Ferguson. Yep, he's got Damn. That was, well, that was my next guess. There's a bunch of them with two. Mourinho, Pep, Ferguson. I'm just naming guys you would know. A couple of these other guys. That... Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pep has more than Klopp? Yeah, he does. He's not good, though. But wait. He... 
Hey, welcome back to our second hour. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's clockwork. For those of you watching the New York Rangers game, uh, it ended with a final of 6-2. So as we discussed earlier in the podcast, that's where we're going to leave it at. We'll go ahead and move into the way too early 2023 predictions now that we've got Eric good and riled up. So Eric, walk us through your UCL 2023. All right, so I'm going to give you the odds for, let's see here. I'll give the top nine since it's organized like this. Um, Manchester City, of course, they're the favorite at <laughs> plus 275. And, okay. and, this time, and this time I don't disagree because they got Erling Holland. All right, that's, gonna, that's, a whole, that's a whole different game changer. But, but, oh, shut up. Second is Liverpool with, at plus 450. Third is PSG at plus 550. Bayern at plus 700. Chelsea at plus a thousand, take them off the list. Real Madrid at plus a thousand, Barcelona at plus fourteen hundred, Juventus at plus twenty five, and Atletico Madrid at plus thirty three hundred. What was Real's again? Uh, plus a thousand. Plus a thousand. Okay. Yeah. I thought for some reason I thought I heard twelve hundred. I was like, that's not right. That's not what no. he said. Um, that's. <laughs> so speaking of teams that choke. Everyone at the top should not be there. Can we just can we stop ranking them that high? They don't they don't deliver. Matt, look, as much as as much shit as I give Klopp, Pep as City's coach does not win UCO. It, it's a running joke at this point. Right? No? Any any agreements, disagreements? I, my... Yeah, agree. I'm afraid to talk. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> No, fuck Pep Guardiola. But I think at this point with Erling, I have a whole theory on this. I'll let you guys go, and then I'm going to give you my theory. Okay. I was just saying, the first team that I legitimately sat there and thought, like, yeah, probably, was Bayern. And I said that in the pre-show. It it feels very much like a Bayern year to win the UCL. To me, they win every five or, like, seven years to me. I don't know how they space it out, but they have like a, they're like China's economy. You know, it's very circular motion. It's, it's every 40 years, right? Like cyclical, cyclical, cyclical is the word. Thank you. Said circular, same thing. Adjacent. Um, I, I thought Bayern, I was just like plus 700. If you're going way too early, right? Everyone's going to bury this team. Lewandowski's going to leave. He's going to go to, Barcelona, probably. I was going to say Tottenham. Yeah, there you go. Barcelona. Um, yeah, I think it's Bayern. Because I, tr- I don't trust City. Liverpool very much has a chance. I just don't trust Klopp. Um, and then the other one you said was PSG, which was unbelievably high. If Club Mbappe is not World Cup Mbappe. Can we just – can we accept that on this podcast? Can we admit that? Yes. Two French fans, can we admit that? Can we admit that club Mbappe None is not the same? None of the French players play for their club teams except for Conte. He's the only – and Benzema, sorry. But he wasn't on the club team – on the national team for that long. But I think that's a trend for French players throughout the oh, so the, just, the roster. All, all, all of them. They so all disappoint in club. You're going to bury Giroud like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that dude. Do he not bury the greatest soccer player of all time. <laughs> he won me a Champions League with Chelsea, and I love him. But you anyone... injure that man's head, and he becomes a superhero. 
Dude, you get Giroux with the head bandage, it's Dude. over. Yeah. If you if you've ever listened to this podcast, Giroux head bandage Giroux is who we want taking the shot. If fuck I'm, Messi, fuck Ronaldo, fuck Ronaldinho. You got a free, you got a free kick from from half field. It's going in. Yeah. If I'm the coach of 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 a Giroud led team, I'm hey go go knock him on his ass, make him hit his head. We need a goal. That's the game plan. Beat up Giroud until he scores a goal. <laughs> right. Put an elbow. <laughs> Push him into players. Get to let him get elbowed in the head. I you know I I I really I'm and I really feel like this is a homer pick, but I feel like every year that Byron is embroiled in this controversy of oh their strikers leaving. Oh, they're, they're, their offense will never recover. And that's the thing that Byron has. They have good offense. And what will they do now? Byron goes out and signs somebody, and they pull somebody in, and they stick him in the number nine spot, and then he scores a boatload of goals. Yeah. And they win the Champions League. And Byron's coach is the best in the world right now. He is. At his age, he's the best in the world. I'm, and I'm I'd, even, I'd even say plus or minus 10 years, he might be the greatest coach ever. Wow. Hey. Yo, we got to chat harder, Eric. If we're, if we're just going to bring ridiculousness, then I'm just going to channel it. Oh, well, Byron's, co- Byron's coach is the single greatest coach to ever grace the soccer field. All right. Well, okay. So now to bring it back down to reality, it is very impressive that a 32-year-old coach is able to lead Bayern to success with the right. with the with the wealth of veteran players that they have and typically stubborn German players. It's just impressive that Thomas Müller listens to him, or maybe he listens to Thomas Müller. I don't know what the relationship is. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that is the one person. That's the exact person you want to spotlight when you're talking about that coach. Like Thomas Müller seems unbelievably ornery to deal with. <laughs> right. Right. And this 32 year old head coach was just like, oh come on, Thomas. <laughs> Let's play a little bit of football, Thomas. <laughs> you spiel again, foosball, yeah. Yeah, I mean all all kidding aside, I don't think he's in the Klopp Pep Ancelotti conversation that I just wanted to Ooh. take that dig at Eric. Too, but, although I think I think uh Nagelsmann is older than Thomas Mueller, so he might pull the the elder card on him. <laughs> All right, so Eric, who do you have as your way too early? So we both kind of decided on Bayern just based on yeah. odds, positions, and stuff like that. So I have a little bit of a theory. I'll try to make it quick here. So my theory is this, that the, the soccer world, FIFA, the organization, is at a cross point where, there, where Messi is – as great as he is, and as great as he still is, he's on his way out. You know, he's, he's the decline is beginning, and Ronaldo, unfortunately, isn't the same. I mean, the dude's a goal scoring machine, but he's not the same. And I think they're looking for those next two guys that are going to be the face of soccer. And I think it lines up perfectly with Mbappe and Erling Holland. And I think my early prediction is if if soccer is as rigged as I think it is, is we're going to get a City and PSG final with Zidane as the coach for PSG because they show, they panned to him like five times during the game and you could see that he wanted to be coaching. Now there's the whole, there's the whole French theory that he, the French national team. And I would love that. 
I would love to see him as the coach, but I do think that they're going to push for Holland or yeah, Erling Holland and Mbappe to be the faces of soccer. And they're going to make it in this champions league where they begin that rivalry of the next 10 years between them. And that's what I think. The only other wrench I can see in the operation is Ronaldo going back to Real and winning one more just to shut everybody up. I don't think they I don't think they want him. I don't think I, I don't think so either, but the only reason I think Real will take Ronaldo is because of what happened with Mbappe. Yeah. That yeah, that that Mbappe saga, which lasted for three fucking years, right? That Mbappe saga has almost pushed me to the edge where I would bet. Ronaldo gets sold to Real for minuscule amount of money. And then Ronaldo goes on and, you know, Real's already stacked. So, you know, it's crazy. But I'm here for conspiracy theories. Erling Holland on City terrifies me. I hate City. Uh, Erling Holland seems like the one player who can overcome Pep Guardiola's shortcomings of being a fucking dinkus <laughs> when it comes to fucking big games. Uh, this this conspiracy requires Mbappe to take that leap on the club level. I just don't think he's been as dominant as we associate his name with. He hasn't been... Mbappe's name value does not correlate performance. You know what's crazy? At a club level, yes. Is you are making perfect sense. Like what you are saying is everybody who watches soccer and follows soccer will agree with you. The crazy thing is though, him and Holland for their age have scored the most they've they've surpassed Messi and yes. Ronaldo as it's like it's crazy because he does perform, but not to what he should perform to. No, for, for what he set for himself as a young player. The record he tied in the World Cup alone shouldn't have been touched, let alone at that age. You know what I mean? Like, you're watching that World Cup in awe of Mbappe. He looked athletically superior to every individual boot to touch that pitch. I also think PSG is, is uh, badly uh, put together. I don't think Neymar should be on his left. It's top heavy for sure. Yeah, it's... I think I think they should get a more assist minded, a more role playing winger to match what Mbappe does. Not a ball dominant, you know, guy who needs his shots to be effective in games. Yeah, and, that, and then he's always hurt. That, that's the other problem. He's yeah. always hurt. PSG's top heavy, which is one of the reasons why I don't believe it. So PSG went for name value, not necessarily, you know, effectiveness on the pitch. Like, they signed Sergio Ramos last year. Did Sergio Ramos play a game for them? Yeah. How, how many games did Sergio Ramos play last year? I, I, I'm just – it's a curious question. I, I didn't watch a ton of PSG soccer because I don't tune into Liga <laughs> Um, but, like – That was that was another controversy in the Champions League. Liverpool was angry that Sergio Ramos lives in Paris, I think. 
<laughs> yeah, Liverpool's still finding a way to blame Sergio Ramos, fucking sissies. <laughs> so, and that's I, I literally just Googled Sergio Ramos, and that's one thing that we've, we haven't touched on is the amount of control the club has given Mbappe, and he's already forced the coach out. He's probably going to force the, direct, the sporting director out. That's why I think Zidane's coming in, and also I think there's going to be a huge influx of of French players that are going to be coming in because I think the French, as arrogant and as prideful of people as they are, they're going to try to build a French national team to go win the Champions League. They're going to have other players. Obviously, they'll have Messi, they'll have Neymar, but I think they're going to bring you know a lot of other French players back to PSG to try to win it. Um, thank you, th- thank you for bringing this up, Eric. So Mbappe's contract that he just got, by the way, two hundred fifty million over three years, but they also gave him, uh, I mean, uh, insane amount of control over the club. He, like Eric said, he gets to decide. I, I don't actually remember what he gets to decide, but it is basically he gets to pick who the coach is, who he gets, he gets to have talking signings. Uh, I mean, there's no way this goes well, right? I don't. I think that's too much player power. I think for a, I think, for a what for a twenty three year old that's insane, right? Yeah, they've given. Imagine them if somebody level gave power. you. Con- imagine if somebody gave you control over a world famous soccer team at twenty three. You're getting your friends to come, right? Yeah. Just like you said, he's gonna get the French national team. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they'll hire Zidane. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll all be looking at back at this decision, saying, "Wow, that was really good to give the power to him." But right now, I just cannot see a situation in which this goes well. Well, yeah, the, I think- the names alone associated with who he wants to bring in are like, does no. it really move in the needle that way? Like, Osman Dembélé's hasn't performed in what five years? Are we still expecting him to be good? Well, I just, I do like, I, I just go back to this. It's not like it's giving Thomas Muller, a guy that's been at the club for a decade and has been around and an experienced footballer. It's not like giving him control in like, in like football, Matt. Like, it's not like going to him to ask about signings. Like, you're literally giving him control over who's the coach, who's the sporting director. Who they sign? It's not a good. Uh, it's not a good look for a twenty-three-year-old, and it's not a good look for one of the most powerful football teams in Europe. Who I think is really just looking to shake things up because, like you said, Eric, PSG is not. I don't think they're that good. They're not. They they've 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 got a. I, I can't even find a, a reference in sports, but it's just it's a bunch of empty bank accounts. Like that's what it is. It's New York a bunch Knicks. Of, Maybe yeah, maybe it's the Knicks. Like it's it's just it's a bunch of dudes with high price tags who have performed elsewhere in a team setting, and then they bring them here, and they're like, we don't really have a structure. It's Neymar's gonna run it down the left side of the field. He's gonna kick it in. We hope somebody fucking scores. Like if you watch them, it's disorganized. It's why they collapsed against Real. They had no. You need a strong fucking coach with all these personalities for starters. Like if you're gonna have Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. You have to have damn near the strongest willed coach out there to shut them up and to buy into the system, which they did not have. Zidane, I think, is the player's respect. Heady coach. Hey, <laughs> I love it. 
but back to your Sergio Ramos thing. He had 13 appearances. Zero were in Champions League for PSG this year. He is on his way out. He says he wants to stay, but it looks like Mbappe is going to force him out. They're very much the 0304 Lakers. Yeah, that's, that what, that's what PSG is right now. Yeah, right. Shaq and Kobe, and then insert name value here. That's what PSG's entire roster is built upon. I and I watched a lot of Champions League games. Uh, I've tried to watch every Champions League game this year, and I watched a lot of PSG. And I will say, I've watched Messi since I was ten years old, maybe, and I've never seen him defeated on the pitch. I've never seen him throw his hands up and get upset. I've never seen him feel like if he was on the pitch and he was in the game, like, what are you making that face for? You you, you think he complains? You're talking about Messi? Yeah. Messi's shoulders are perpetually slumped when he plays. The dude, the dude for Argentina, shoulders perpetually slumped. Down big in a game, shoulders slumped. If he's getting fouled like Neymar, Messi is down in the dumps. Like, I don't agree with that at all. Messi's no. body language is comparable to LeBron James. Like, no. you can read that man's emotions when you're watching the pitch. I, 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 I'm I, going to have to disagree. I've seen that man get butchered and bloodied up, and he just bounces back up. But it was it was just – there was moments where he looked disinterested because there was no f- – th- maybe, that, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. He looked disinterested for the first time ever, like, because there was no – you know, he likes a certain way of play, and PSG just does not do that. They just run and gun and hope something happens. As to where he's more, you know, he's his head's constantly on a swivel because he's constantly looking, if this guy's going to be here, I got to do this. If this guy's going to be, he's going to go there. Like, that's how he plays, and PSG does not play like that. It's just a free-for-all. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just don't agree with that. I've never seen Messi do it before. I've seen Messi do it a fuck ton. Like, it's insane. The whole year he played for Barcelona with his contract in limbo just immediately comes to mind. He was like that. Like, anytime he was blown out, anytime he was getting beat by Real Madrid in the standings, he seemed to be out of it. Like, he does not like the confrontation of it. He likes the beauty of of soccer. He likes – free-flowing, constant passing, which is what you just described, which is not what PSG plays. But to, to give him a pass for, for body language is nuts. Well, okay. He just – I think he he always was engaged. Like, I think when he was at Barcelona, he was – because, yeah, every player has those moments where you can see they're, you know, they're frustrated with the game or whatever. So maybe that was the wrong way to put it. But, like – he just didn't like. It didn't seem like he wanted to be there. It didn't seem like he, you know, he just was disinterested from the beginning. Even when they announced him at PSG, it was it? It just felt wrong. Like it just felt out of pocket. And I, I just, I, I, agree, I, I agree with you on that though. He did. He wanted to be at Barcelona. Yeah, I don't think he ever really wanted to leave. I don't think he wanted to leave. So I agree with you on that. We so but, we've we've ran long on this. So. Um, you so I have Bayern for my way too early. You have who, Eric? Uh, I'm gonna go City and PSG final with City winning. So you have City mm-hmm. finally getting over the hump. So that puts Pep at what three? That would put him at three, yeah. Okay, so Klopp is still better, so this is where. Uh, and then Nick, you have Bayern. Bayern, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna wrap the UCL here. 
that's way too early. Write it down, Eric, please, so we can make sure we laugh at ourselves later. When fucking Ajax finally wins it, we called it a year too early. Um, we'll go ahead and move into NHL. As we were talking about, the New York Rangers just won game seven versus the Carolina Hurricanes. 6-2 to propel themselves to the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I can only imagine open as the proverbial favorites. And the Western Conference, we have the Colorado Avalanche beating the Blues in 6-4-2. Obviously, that's how you win a six-game series. <clears throat> and they will be facing the Edmonton Oilers, who beat the Calgary Flames in six as well, winning four straight games. We'll pick it up there. Um, as I mentioned early on, starting this Wednesday, NHL awards will start will start being announced. <clears throat> and we'll get into those matchups if you want to walk us through, Nick. Yeah, so looking at the Western Conference matchup first. So in the regular season, the Avs uh, posted a – the Avs won two of the three games against the, uh, against the Oilers. Evander Kane for the Oilers – uh, recorded the most points. Uh, actually, sorry, Mc, uh, McKinnon and uh, Evander Kane had the most points with five. This is being hyped up as the McKinnon-McDavid showdown. Uh, the Oilers come into this. Uh, actually, the Oilers and the Avs come into this as uh, the number one and number two teams in goals per game uh, this season. The Oilers number one, Avs number two. Uh, it's the first conference finals matchup since 1989 where both teams have had over four goals per game uh, in the postseason. Um, the Oilers have scored 52 goals so far in the postseason. It's the most by any team since the 1994 Rangers who went on to win the Stanley Cup. Um, the Avs finally got over the hump by getting into the conference finals first time since 2002. Obviously, they've been or they they had been eliminated in the second round the last four years. Uh, let's see what other stats can we have for you? Uh, McDavid and his line partner Leon Drysaitel both have twenty six points this season. Uh, only Wayne Gretzky has had more points than both of them. Uh, he finished with thirty four and thirty one uh, in in both those playoffs. Oh, sorry, he had thirty four and thirty one at this point. Uh, <laughs> at this point, he at has thirty through, through twelve games in nineteen eighty three. Leon, or uh, sorry, Wayne Gretzky uh, had thirty four points, and in nineteen eighty five, he had thirty two. What was what is Leon Drysaitel and Connor? They're Gabriel. both at twenty six. <laughs> uh, McDavid, Drysaitel, and McKinnon rank one, two, three in the NHL and points accrued during the last five seasons. I love the Elias Sports Bureau because these poor interns have to throw these stats together. It's the first conference finals featuring the top three points leaders over the trailing five seasons since the 1974 Stanley Cup semifinals. Jesus, they're working overtime, bro. Um, I, li Listen, I said this pre-show. Senior executive producer in Nevada is not going to agree with me. I was bothered by the Predators when, I, when you asked me my feelings. I was worried about the Blues. I have no qualms about the Oilers. The Avs sweep this, and it's not even close. Sweep, sweep. Four. Can I take? Can I take that bet? Are you willing to bet something on that? Sure. What, what do you want to bet on this? 
I don't know. We always normally do a case of beer. But I'm so confident I'll say two cases of beer. To my one. To your one. Write it down, Eric. That's the bet. Two cases of beer. The Avs sweep the series. All I need is Oilers to win one. Yeah. And I can rely on the Avs to drop one after I watch that Blue series. Ooh, I don't know if you can. Are you kidding me? Okay, who's who is a better team, the Flames or the Blues? Who's a better team in the playoffs? Who is a better team, the Flames or the Blues? Who is a better team? Who was a better team? Yeah. Uh, it's it's close, but I'd probably I I do I I do not think it's close. I do not think it's close. The Oilers and the Flames played zero defense. It was literally a shooting gallery in those games. That's because it was some of the best shooters. On, well, for, okay, the Oilers are the Oilers have the, some of the best goal scorers, obviously, since you just compared them to fucking legendary Gretzky in twelve games. I just don't think it's as lopsided as that. I I I think that the Avalanche get complacent, which is why they lost in the second round four years in a row. You which is why that, you said that last time, though. You said that with the with the Blues series. No, but I I opened. Are talking saying the Blues would whip their ass, and I said I'm just fucking messing with you. I just wanted to spin you up, and the Avalanche would win it. I had the Avalanche winning that series. Right. Yeah. I guess I I I, I guess I will ask this: Does any after watching these two teams, does anything change on who's winning the Western Conference for you? Absolutely not. Do I think it's a sweep? Absolutely not. Do I think the Avalanche are in the Stanley Cup Finals? Absolutely not. My bet isn't that the Oilers are winning it all. Like that's that's not my bet. My my bet is the Oilers win a game. That's my bet right now. Right. Uh, let's get this out of the way. For those of you listening, I don't know if I said this. I feel like I didn't. The Avalanche are winning this series. <laughs> that's not what I'm concerned with. It, it is more of the absolutism that Nick presented the argument, similar to Eric with Klopp where I don't think the Avalanche are just clear-cut sweeping the series. Sweep. <laughs> and I respect that as an ass man. you got to have – Get your brooms. It's a sweep. It's <laughs> a mess. You've got to have the stones, and I'll gladly buy the two cases because I have a Lightning Avs final. Foreshadowing. Listen, foreshadowing. Listen, listen, the Avs are unbeaten this postseason when I wear my jerseys. It is literally on me whether they win or they lose. And I am not taking my jersey off for these series. I cannot wait till the Oilers win me two cases of beer on the day you're wearing your fucking jersey. I hope hope we FaceTime on that day. All right, well, we, we, we will. Eric, as the man that famously predicted the Minnesota Wild to win the Stanley Cup playoffs, what are your thoughts on the Western Conference Finals? Um... Go Avs. Go Avs, go, baby. No way. That's not what you said two days ago. <laughs> I also Eric, who sleep. famously picked the Avs to lose in the second round, is now saying, go Avs, go. I don't like that. Um, no, no. Right. Who did you, you pick someone else two days ago? No, I, I told you that because I'm not that big of a hockey fan and I've always just went for I've always just rooted for the Flyers that but now because I really fuck with this dude up in Edmonton, I really think he's a dope hockey player and I like watching him play. That uh, I should root for the Oilers because uh, you know it'd be fun to have a little banter with Nick. But I thought about it. 
you know, I'd rather see my homie win. I'd rather see my homie celebrate than cry. So I'm rocking with the Avs. He put the kibosh on you, Nick. He went for the Oilers. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. If the Colorado Avalanche lose this series. Because Eric. It is single-handedly executive Single-handedly, Eric, Eric is going back to an intern, or I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> He's going to get a demotion. Hey, Eric, you can happily accept the demotion because Nick's team is fucking ass water. <laughs> Don't make it to the cup. I'm so, just, just going to laugh if they lose game one. I'm just – it's going to – I'm oh just my gonna... God! If I get two oh, cases by, of beer right, for the right, rest by, of the right, by series, the way, by the way, let me say this: I am extremely confident right now. If the Avs lose Game One, I'm going to do the fastest 180 of a sports fan you guys have ever seen. <laughs> and I will, I will have a funeral for the Avs season if they lose Game One. <laughs> oh, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, Game One. Nick, what time does it start? It's at uh, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, so that's 6 Mountain and 5 Pacific. And it's if you live in the Central, Central. Time, figure, figure, it <laughs> yeah. figure it out. Fuck you, Central. The Avs have, have not lost on the road this postseason. But so they have lost at home. But they have lost at home. Because they get complacent. Remember when I said that like five minutes ago? Sure. <laughs> All right, so that's a Western Conference cap. Obviously, uh, you have the three of us agreeing that the Colorado Avalanche should make the Stanley Cup Finals. TBD. Let's move into the Eastern Conference. We have the New York Rangers taking on the – oh, my goodness. Just sure right. Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> they just handled their business so quickly. Who do you have in this series, Nick? Yeah, so uh, regular season matchup, the Rangers won all three matchups in the regular season despite being outshot in every single one of them. So pretty interesting. And they there was only one game that went to a shootout. So the Rangers are extremely efficient when it comes to the Lightning. I will say this, though. Regular season Vasilevsky is not playoff Vasilevsky. That Lightning goalie is incredible and you want to talk about goalies stealing a series i don't like again i said this about the rangers and i'll continue to say it they've now played two straight game sevens they're tired the lightning are not tired the and the lightning are now playing i the lightning are now in a conference finals again going for a a, a three-peat of a stanley cup it's got to be lightning in five, right? Uh, <laughs> of the two series that should be sweeps, this is the series. This this series has all the makings of the sweep. A rested back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Eastern Conference team. They haven't lost a series in ten series. Ten straight series victories. Against a back-to-back Game 7 winning New York Rangers. Happy to be here, New York Rangers. All right. Let, let, let's put some scope on this. As I don't, I believe it was on the podcast, not just pre-show. The Rangers haven't been good since 90 Gretzky? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Mark, 90, Mark Messier, yeah. Yeah, 90 Gretzky like was still playing in the league. Like That's how long ago... The Rangers were good, which for those of you at home, that's 1990. And 
to steal a fact from Nick, we're closer to 2050 than we are in 1990. So I don't know what that tells you, but it tells you bet the lightning, hammer the lightning, and then bet them again. Because the Tampa Bay Lightning are not losing this series. And my prediction of the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Colorado Avalanche in the, in the Stanley Cup Finals looks that much more true. And this is why the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche's journey to the top is going to be that much sweeter. Four straight second-round losses finally get over the hump, beating the up and upstart Connor McDavid, who everyone is – Look, if someone says Connor McDavid is not good at hockey, they obviously only watch lacrosse. So they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. <laughs> Colorado Avalanche are going to get the monkey off their back. They're going to win the first Stanley Cup for them, if I'm not mistaken, since 2001. If, if not, it's 2002. And th- then... They're going to do it by ending the Tampa Bay Lightning's 11 straight series victory and preventing them from getting three straight Stanley Cups. That is the story that is being told right now. That is the story that will be told. And I'm willing to bet $1,000 on the fact that the Colorado Avalanche will fulfill this prophecy. The Colorado Avalanche aren't just built to win this year. They're built to win this year and next year and the next year and the year after that and the year after that. This is a dynasty in the making, and you're going to see it start this year. I am fucking calling it. Well, I got to take a break from the podcast to go beat my dick right now, so you guys are going to have to carry. (laughs) Eric is constantly asking us for locks, which just don't get handed out. The Colorado Avalanche will beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in five games in the Stanley Cup Finals. Write it down, Eric. Oh, it's going in the locks. This is a fucking lock. And if not, we will find some way to spend the $1,000 I have allotted to this (laughs) bet. Some way. Whether we do, whether I give it to charity or some fucking other dumb shit we do, the $1,000 will be spent. That's how confident I am in this bet. I love I love to hear it. I mean, you're not you're not saying anything that doesn't make my PP hard. And I'm not saying anything that's not backed up by the ice. Their only competitor right now is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if they fuck around and don't make the Stanley Cup finals, blow it up. I'm gonna be fucking walking around like my dick touches the floor, bro. Yeah, yeah. It it is. I have said this since the beginning, and I and I think I I think I said this way back when we when we did the the hockey preview episode with Nevada. It is cup or bust this year for Colorado. They cannot accept anything else. You you cannot go and say, well, at least we made it past the second round with this team that you have. It is cup or bust. Coach will be fired. Offensive players will be moved. Like, that's how devastating a loss this year for the Colorado Avalanche will be. Yeah. Even like, though they got over the hump? Yo, no, it doesn't matter. No, they should have got over the hump three years ago. 
No, I'm not chewing your head off. I'm just saying, I'm answering your question. Like, they should have got over the hump three years ago. So, clearly, there's something wrong at the core of this team, right? So, if they don't do it this year, where they have the cake matchup of the Edmonton Oilers, which I'm not saying they're going to win this series. I said they would win a game. It's still the avalanche. Like, it's... That's it, bro. This team that you know as they exist currently will not be the same. There's a potential for a GM change. There's a potential for a coach change. There's a potential for blowing up that front line. Like, Landeskog got brought back. It felt reluctantly last year. There's a possibility they trade their captain. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't put that out. But let's – we're not gonna we're not gonna put that out there because the Avalanche <laughs> sweep the Oilers and they're beating the Lightning in five. I just certified locked it. There's uh, there's no chance. I don't fucking jump out casually, even though Eric wants us to just flippantly throw out locks. Right. I will submit this as lock. Oh, it's I'm in. Not gonna, it's submitted. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> lock in the Avs as a sweep, but I'll I'm gonna bet it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Avs Lightning make the finals is what we have. We will obviously revisit this conversation after the hockey conference finals are over. With that being said, we'll move in to a quick recap of the NBA conference finals. The NBA conference finals went as such. Boston Celtics beat the Miami Heat in seven in what was one of the most perplexing single series matchups I've ever seen in my entire young adult life. Say it four more times. This series did not make sense. It was from beginning to end bonkers and not in the good way. I think there was four. Look, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think there was four 20-point wins in this series. I blow out blowout. Switch it back, blowout. Switch it back, blowout. And I could be com- – I know that's exactly how, but I thought it was like four 20-point games in the series, which was fucking insane. Jimmy Butler dropped 40 twice, dropped 30, 35 in the loss in game seven, and Jason Tatum, as a Celtics player, wore a Kobe Bryant armband. And people were like celebrating that. Fuck that. If you were a Boston Celtics player, fuck the Lakers. This is nothing to do with Kobe Bryant. Big Kobe Bryant fan. Love Kobe Bryant. Adore Kobe Bryant. Like, no. But that's not what I'm discussing. The Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers do not fraternize. fraternize. Nope. End of story. You do not like each other. I am banging the table with the microphone. That is how upset I am at this. It's funny because if you think about who Kobe Bryant was as a player, I don't give a fuck who he looked up to. He would never have done some shit like that. No. Never. And he never would have supported it either. No. I'm sure, like, I get the respecting and he's your idol, but nah, you don't. Those are the two friends. It's like being a Cowboys player and wearing a fucking Eagles like helmet because you want to honor somebody. Like, nah, you just don't do it. That shit's out the door, bro. You got drafted by the Celtics. I know you grew up rocking Kobe, and I fuck with that. I understand that. 
you as a kid rocked Kobe and he died. And I was with you. I was distraught more than I ever thought I would be openly weeping on a couch because Kobe Bryant fucking died. But if I'm a Boston fucking Celtic, <laughs> fuck Kobe Bryant. No disrespect to Kobe. Dude's a fucking legit goat of the game. But also, fuck Kobe Bryant. Like, right. like that's insane to me. That's is from here on out. If the Celtics ever play the Lakers, advantage. Oh, dude, advantage, bro. That's like wearing Kobe's to play Kobe. Right. Like that's a running joke in the NBA. You don't wear the other motherfucker's shoes that you're about to play. But if you've been wearing them all season, guess who knows? That motherfucker. So you don't wear them. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. You just don't do it. Like, that's nuts to me. This this new NBA, I can't wrap my head around. I'm starting to get into old head territory. Yeah, this is this is born on an old head rant here. I'm starting to get there, but like there's certain things you don't do. You got and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. They're tied for championships right now. Mm-hmm. Close at 17. <laughs> That's your clear rival. What are you doing? Yeah, there's, there's there's things that are more than basketball, right? And the whole Kobe thing, it is more than basketball. But there's still basketball to be played. You don't rock the Kobe armband while your team is going to surpass your rival, regardless of how, how much influence Kobe had in your life. After you win, you could say, hey, Kobe had a huge impact on my life. You know what I mean? But, nah, dude. Lakers fans, who we buried all season, made fun of all season, felt super bad about themselves, just got a dub in fucking May. Didn't even qualify for the playoffs. Could you could you imagine a Lakers player wearing a Boston anybody's Boston shit? No. You mean LeBron wouldn't wear a Paul Pierce armband? <laughs> Fuck no. LeBron would never. As much grief as I give LeBron, who's still one of the greatest players of all time, and I will always say that. But if you want to talk GOAT, you split hairs, and LeBron's hairs split worse than other people's. LeBron would never. LeBron knew what he was doing when he brought Ray Allen to the Miami Heat. He caused the whole fucking saga of drama for the Boston Celtics by bringing in one of the greatest three-point shooters ever, who coincidentally helped him win a fucking championship. Like, LeBron knew what he was doing because he's that smart. Anyways, congratulations, Boston Celtics. You beat the Miami <laughs> with their eight undrafted players, which is somehow a knock. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Butler cannot do anything more than he did, correct? He could show up in games four and five. <laughs> like, so Jimmy Butler had a series comparable to being the most valuable player for that conference. 
but he allowed his knee energy to sap his knee injury to sap him in four and five, and therefore he deserves the bet he made. Look, I saw you play six and I saw you play seven. You dropped 41 and 35. And I could be wrong on the first point total, but that's fucking 76 points in two games, bro. Couldn't have been that hurt. Why didn't you play four and five? And you're at home right now because of that. So, hey, you made your bed, lie in it. And Jimmy Butler's my fucking guy. Jimmy Butler is my favorite player. And if, if the only reason he wouldn't be my favorite player is because he's off that night and I'm watching Damian Lillard. Like, that's the only time Jimmy Butler's not my favorite player. He blew it. I apologize to him for Kyle Lowry being old and getting hurt. I apologize for him for everyone thinking Bam Adebayo, including myself, was going to be something good fucking lord get that dude off the fucking court i apologize to him for duncan robinson signing a contract that the miami heat are now saddled with unless they trade him and get it over with uh i apologize to him that victor oladipo turned into a tremendous defensive player but for the love of god cannot shoot the basketball because injuries have sapped him from a offensive skill question mark like this Miami Heat team who finished first in the Eastern Conference, what everyone thought all year had no business being first, was exposed to the playoffs. They're the Atlanta Hawks with Kyle Korver being their all-star. They're the Utah Jazz with Donovan Mitchell. They're the Milwaukee Bucks before Mike Budenholzer took them over. Like, this team overachieved. They had no business being there. And still, Ian Adoka was almost single-handedly responsible for giving Miami Heat a finals berth. So now we have the matchup of the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors. Who do you have winning this series, Nick? I I mean, I think it's Golden State. Who do you have winning this series, Eric? This is tough. I'm going to go with Golden State. Okay. I got some stats to give you here in a sec. Go ahead. Give us the stats, and then I got questions. All right. So the Golden State Warriors have the number one offensive rating and the number six defensive rating with the number two overall net rating through the playoffs. The Celtics have the number eight offense, the number two defense, and the number one net rating through the playoffs. So we have literally the one and two net rating teams um, in the finals. Um, we have 14 rings on the Golden State roster and zero on the Boston roster. We have I five. That. I love that stat because it means nothing, but it's yeah. just it's one that you can take out of context and just run with it. Yeah, and just we run with it. Five all stars on the Warriors, three all stars on the Boston Celtics. We have the Warriors in the championship again after losing Kevin Durant, and we have the Celtics in the championship after losing Kyrie. Um, the odds are, <clears throat> let me tell you here, Boston Celtics are a plus 130. Golden State is a minus 150. And Steph Curry is a minus 120 
for the finals MVP. The second place uh, pick is Jason Tatum at plus 180. He's minus 120 for MVP. Minus 120 for MVP before the series starts. Yikes. And so the, bet anybody else, right? Well, I mean, I can. So to give you a little context here, uh, Jason Tatum's plus 180. Jalen Brown's plus 1,000. Clay Thompson is plus 1,200. Draymond Green is plus 2,000. Jordan Poole plus 2,500. And I mean, that's that's insane, right? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen. I, I mean, I guess you could say he is the best player on the court. And he's, you know, and but I mean, he's been on teams that won championships where he wasn't the MVP. I don't even know if he has a Finals MVP, does he? Look, J- uh, Jermaine. Who? Steph Curry. Steph. No, Steph Curry does not have a Finals. Minus MVP. one twenty first odds for Steph Curry to be Finals MVP. I don't think that's outlandish. Um, you don't think minus one twenty before the series is outlandish? No, I mean, who do you think is going to be the finals MVP over him? Anybody else at that? At that I mean, just from a pure gambling standpoint. Well, I mean, any, for, anybody they, at plus money. What? Well, okay. First of all, you know me, I like plus money, but the reason why he's favorite is because of what he just did in the Western Conference Finals. Steph Curry absolutely balled out. Through the first two games, Steph Curry was averaging 26 and 10 rebounds. Against the Dallas Mavericks. Ten rebounds as a point guard. How tall is Steph Curry? Six one, six foot? Six three, I thought. Six three. Okay, six three. Still, he shouldn't be averaging ten rebounds. No. Then, that's true. then game three, he goes out and gets ten assists with his twenty-six points. You know what I mean? Like this was a different Steph Curry than I've seen before. And one of the reasons why Steph Curry lost that that 2016 final to LeBron and the Cavaliers was because of him. You know, Draymond got the suspension, obviously, but Steph Curry was not playing efficiently. What Steph Curry has, you know, he got the benefit with Draymond being out and Clay being out. What Steph Curry realizes, like, hey, I got to trust these other guys in spite of what is in my head and it's made the Warriors a much more lethal team. And so now this is, he's the most poised now to be MVP vice the Celtic. Who do you, my question is, who do you think is better to win from the Warriors than Steph Curry? Draymond. No, not better. Sorry. Not, I take that all the way back, but I can see Draymond <laughs> winning it. You can see Draymond winning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What does Draymond have to do to do it? Because he he averages a triple single. Yeah. You I know, think like, that's very well documented. Um, to win it, he'd have to average. He'd have to bump up his score. He'd have to be like his stat line would have to look like 15, 11, and ten. He'd have to average a triple double to do it. And then obviously yeah. with his contributions on defense. Right. And and. In the world of that happening for the Warriors, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah, sorry, I, 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 I just I thought you were asking who else could win it, and then I reread it. I reheard the question in my head, and I take that all the way back. No, Steph Curry is definitely the the most qualified player to win it on the on the Warriors. Right. And so you know, that's my opinion uh, on that front. I don't think Steph Curry wins it. I'm just saying, like, who do you think wins it? 
Who do I think wins? So I, okay, so we're getting into the meat and potatoes here. I'll, I'll answer who I think wins this series first. I'm going with the Boston Celtics. Team of destiny. I think the Eastern Conference all year has been the clear-cut choice for your NBA champion. I think the gauntlet that teams have run through, through for the Eastern Conference, whoever was coming out of the Eastern Conference, be it Philadelphia, be it Milwaukee, be it, be it Boston, be it Miami or Chicago. I have to throw in Chicago, obviously. Whoever won the Eastern Conference, it was my choice to win the NBA Finals. It, I know it's easy to get caught up in the 14 rings that Eric just shot out. I know it's easy to get caught up in the, what, Golden State had, what, five All-Stars is what you said? Yeah, I was just I was just again pointless stats that mean absolutely goddamn nothing. I know. I do have he- two 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 things here that I, I that I want to point out. Um key stat for Golden State, eleven point nine is their net rating over seven games in clutch situations this postseason. So that's defined as a team within five points of its opponent in the last five minutes of a game. They have the by far the best rating. Um Boston's net rating is minus 1.5 over 10 games in that span. So in a close series, in a closely contested series, Golden State has the advantage, right? Uh, Key stat for Boston, 17.2 has been their plus minus in the second quarter, which leads all teams in the playoffs, as well as a uh, 8.4 in the fourth quarter, leading all teams in the playoffs, uh, making the Celtics 10 to 1 when leading after the third quarter. um, And then they're 2 and 5. Uh, when trailing after the third quarter. Okay. So those stats, two and five when trailing after the third quarter, that's interesting. Those stats you gave about efficiency when the games are close, Mm -hmm. does it have number of close games? Yes, it was seven for the – for Golden State. It was seven seven games that were in that – fall in that five – within five points in the last five minutes of the – Seven for Golden State and how many for Boston? Uh, it doesn't say how many for Boston. Um, this is just two separate stats. I mean, I can probably pull it up though. No, it, it's just it's just interesting to ask. Is all I'm saying, like, because those stats are great. I want to know how they fare in close game situations. But how many close game situations did the Warriors have versus the Celtics? Did the Warriors have more? So, therefore, they have more of an opportunity to be efficient. Also, quality of Warriors opponent versus quality of Celtics opponent, which is what I'm measuring right now. So, you know, Celtics went against Giannis. They went against KD, and they went against Jimmy G. So, casuals don't consider Jimmy G that that dude. But if you watch hoops, Jimmy G is that dude. So, a KD Giannis Jimmy G gauntlet is much more impressive than Golden State going against. So Golden State was three. Who did they play in the first round? Oh uh, God, was it the uh, Nuggets? It was Nuggets without yeah. fucking anybody. Yeah. And, it was, and then it was the Grizzlies, and John Rant didn't finish that series. Yeah, and, it, and then it was the Mavericks, and so um, Golden State is averaging 114.5 points per game. The Boston Celtics, with their number one ranked defense, are only allowing 101 points per playoff game. So, um, 
obviously we have a juggernaut on offense going against a juggernaut on defense. And I'm taking the juggernaut on defense. I think Boston wins this series. Right, so, I mean, it, uh, it, it's it's normally a great pick, right? To to pick a that's just in the playoffs so far, Eric. Yes, in the playoffs so far. So let me ask you this, Eric: who who has the advantage coaching, Golden State or Miami? Golden State or Miami? I'm sorry, Golden State or Boston? Oh, Golden State. So Golden State has the advantage coaching. You Nick? Same. Same Golden State. Okay. Who has the better player on the court, Golden State or Boston? Golden State. Wait, better players or like the best player on the court for both teams? The best player on the court belongs to Golden State. Golden State. Okay. The better defense belongs to Boston. Okay. Boston. The better offense belongs to Golden State. Golden State. The better bench belongs to Golden State. Because they're getting Iguodala back. <laughs> uh, toss up. I don't know. <laughs> Nick said shrug. Okay, so then everything points to Golden State is what you guys are saying. Which is exactly where we want them. <laughs> I'm switching it. Boston. Uh, so, I watching this playoff run, I think Boston has proven more in the three series prior to the finals than Golden State. Agreed. How, okay. much, does exp- how, much, how much of a factor does experience play in? I mean, it's it's got to play some, right? It's got it's yeah. definitely got to play some. But here's the thing: Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum have been to what is it, two Eastern Conference Finals now? And Three. if I'm not, and if I'm not mistaken, Al Horford was on those teams as well. Uh, this this is this would be like his fifth uh, Eastern Conference Finals because he did a couple with uh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, uh, but it's his first finals, and I actually—it's funny that you bring him up because I actually think um, he shot over fifty percent against the Heat in that series, and I think he might be the X factor. I think if Al Horford outplays himself, I think th- I can see the Celtics. He comes down to me; it comes down to Al Horford because we know the studs are going to perform. Okay, so. The other question I have, I want to I want to discuss actual individual matchups, right? Can't really do this like hockey wise because you know it's more of a, a team defense. But who who's guarding Steph Curry? Marcus Smart. Okay. Who's guarding Clay Thompson? Jalen Brown. Who's guarding Jordan Poole? Jason Tatum. All right. You just named three. World-class defenders, correct? One-on-one? Yes. So they're going to make their three primary scorers' lives hell. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you the other, the the inverse. Who's guarding Jason Tatum? Clay. Okay. Who's guarding Jalen Brown? Uh, they'll probably they'll probably do a rotation. Oh, well, they're getting Gary Payton back. So I'm hoping he'll come back and help with that. Uh, but it'll probably be a rotation. It's 
outside of 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 uh of clay on jason tatum i think it's going to be just rotating oh okay so <laughs> we got one player deep and we're already like i have no clue yeah no you yes you're you're absolutely right but i think that's what when you talked about asked this earlier when it comes to coaching is and 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 we've seen the unselfishness of the golden state warriors and we've seen players like jordan Poole, who is you know let's not crown the kid but he's good and we have veterans like andre Iguodala who can big shots and i think we're going to see a master coach a master class in coaching as to how to get people to move fight through screens get people open get these shooters open which is what they do like i know you can throw everything you have at them but they're still going to be constantly moving and and switching and you're going to, have to be switching and jumping and they're going to get open shots and these guys all they need is half a second to let it rip. Yeah, we're not discrediting that. We're not saying these offensive players aren't going to score. I'm just it it just gets very interesting on how Boston is going to be defended by Golden State. It seems like Boston is plus ev- almost every matchup. So you got Marcus Smart, Steph Curry, you have Jalen Brown, Clay Thompson, you have Jason Tatum, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. You have Draymond Green versus what well, uh, Grant Williams is playing for them. So there you go. Draymond, I'll take Draymond over Grant Williams. And then you have Al Horford versus Kevon Looney or Robert Williams versus Kevon Looney. Like, does the Celtics starting five not does it not feel superior to the to the Golden State Warriors starting five? Or is it because we've seen Golden State do it that we're giving them more credence? I'm asking about right now. Does it not feel more superior to the to the Boston Celtics? That's uh when you break it down like that, man. Yeah, it's really hard to argue that they are they aren't the better team, especially because we all know in almost any sport that you play, where the championship is won, what side of the ball the championship is won on, and I mean, I. Yeah, I, I'm still taking Golden State because I, I I can't say Golden State and then 10 minutes later switch to Boston, but I would not be at all shocked after what you, you know, the things that you've brought up. And, and it makes, yeah, I mean, yeah, because Clay can't, I mean, Steph can't, he's a great help defender. Right. And, but he's and not going to face up any of these guys. If Marcus Smart gets off when Steph's guarding him, like, fuck, that Boston team is that much harder to stop. It's it's a very interesting matchup of styles, and it lends itself to the credence of what I've been talking about all year is youth killing experience. Mm-hmm. And this would be the proverbial nail in the coffin. Ime Adoka, first year as head coach, beat Steve Kerr, one of the top 15 head coaches in NBA history. It would be fitting, wouldn't it, if if Adoka uh, inherited a team that was built and then wins him a championship? Yeah, because then, to Steve... then Eric would say he's not a good coach. Oh, shut the hell up! I'm talking about <laughs> Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr inherited a, a Mark Jackson built team and and made them great. Let's be real; like he he took them to the next level, and it looks like that's what Ema has done for Boston. Exactly, and so here's the thing: so Jason Tatum kills Steph Curry, right? Jason Tatum whose primary offense is mid-range, kills Steph Curry, the pioneer of the long ball, right? No disrespect to Reggie Miller, to Ray Allen, 
to the sharpshooters of, of decades past, Steph Curry has done it unequivocally different than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. You you have Jalen Brown being the defending shooting guard that Clay Thompson was, right? Like they both is, can't dribble the ball. They, they both, both defend and they both shoot. They both can't dribble. Exactly. I fucking crucified Jalen Brown all fucking postseason because he cannot handle the rock. Al Horford has constantly been compared to Draymond Green. Al Horford's as old as Draymond Green, if not older. But like that comparison's there. Like this series strikes it as a passing of the torch moment to where the NBA will never be the same. By the way, Boston Celtics plus one thirty for the series. Golden State minus one fifty. Oh, might have to put a little bit of that pizza money on the Celtics. I'm just saying, but like this is all stuff I want to discuss. If someone picks Golden State, I'm I'm not against it. I think that's a likely scenario. Like I'd be shocked if Golden State didn't win. But my money is on the Celtics. I will be riding the Celtics in this series. And I think the Celtics get it done because of the Eastern Conference. But the combative nature of the Eastern Conference is was different than the Western Conference. How Golden State. How many games? I think this series goes six. Warriors 4-2 plus 400. Or sorry, Celtics 4-2 plus 400 right now in Bovada for a series price. I, I bet that in a heartbeat. I really do. Like, Golden State struggled with Memphis – Right, a young team without their their dude. You know, as much as I, John Moran is maligned with me, but that's purely his fans. They got blown out by fifty by the Grizz without John Moran. The Dallas Mavericks. I mean, they weren't very good. I thought the Mavericks could match up, and then I got sorely mistaken, and I owe apologies to Golden State on that. But, like, this Celtics team is different. The only thing that will prevent this Celtics team from losing is if Ime Adoka coaches the same way he coaches that coached that Heat series. So going from highest series odds to lowest, a Celtics sweep is plus 1,600. The lowest odds is Warriors to win in seven plus three seventy five. So Vegas thinks that the Warriors win this in seven. In seven, Jesus, my voice is going away. Hmm. The Warriors win this in seven. Oh, that's the lowest odds. That is the lowest so they, odds plus three seventy five. They think the series goes seven. Correct. I'm for it. First of all, championship in seven is the way it should be said. <laughs> And I think that's what the beautiful thing about not having a team in there. I mean, some sort of consolation prize is, is let's just get some good basketball. That's all I Bro. want because the conference finals. I know that they went seven, but the games were fucking shit. Oh, right? it was it was awful. It was awful. This is why I I watched a fuck ton more playoff hockey because the conference finals were absolute dog shit. Yeah, it was pathetic. I, I'm not sure I'm correct, but I thought four Eastern Conference games were decided by 20 or more points. Like, that's unacceptable. Like, if I was the NBA, I'd be pissed the fuck off. And it, it's the epidemic of the three-point shot. COVID wasn't even an epidemic. COVID was a pandemic. 
It should have been an epidemic. Uh, this is this three point shot is an epidemic. If you do not make it, you'll get blown out by fifty, and the teams will sit there and live by it. It's yeah. it's it's fucking mind blowing, and it all it's taking is Jason Tatum to fucking score most of his points from the fucking mid range. For to, and getting his team to the Eastern Conference Finals over Giannis, I know Chris Middleton was out. No, over the Heat, I know the team was hurt, but fuck it, those are still very, very good teams. Those are better teams than the Warriors beat. I'm taking defense and Celtics gauntlet. That's what I'm taking. If you, you guys both got Golden State, I'll be the odd man out. Hey, good news is someone on this podcast will be right. That's right. (laughs) All right, so we ran a little long today, ladies and gentlemen. Nick, you have any last nickels? I served my nickel. (laughs) Eric, you got any last nickels? No. All right, so with that being said, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. We're going to skip Eric's question today because obviously the length. Uh, for Zaddy, for I Serve My Nickel, did you and you spot same host? We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room.